Recording live from Studio Chanteau, outside of Detroit, Michigan, you're listening to Scotty Freytown and Tyler Dean, The Outside Blitz! And welcome everybody to The Outside Blitz. I am your host, the fabulous one, Scotty Freytown, along with the uh, tenacious Tyler Dean. How are we doing? Doing well. Very well. Fun week in the NFL this week, Tyler. Mm-hmm. Fun week. But we're about to enter the, well, for The Outside Blitz, the saddest week of, of the year. Why? Why is that? Well, I mean, I'm not too upset about it this time, but normally, so this year, this week, neither of our teams play. Yeah, yeah. Both of us are on bye weeks. Yeah, we're on bye weeks. We have to find something else to do. It's a sad week. I mean, I, I guess just uh, watch fantasy teams. And uh, well, I mean, maybe you'll have enough time to play your Madden game in our league. Yeah, maybe. Maybe we're already waiting on you and your brother. Red Dead Redemption, though, man. No, no, no. I mean, I get it's a fun game and everybody's all excited about it. But no, Tyler, we got a Madden league. We got business to take care of. We're moving quick. It'll oh, be done. Golly. Golly. So, fun week in the NFL. Lots of high scoring going on. Um, we had very few low scoring games. Uh, I don't know if you noticed that. Yeah, there's a. Uh, I mean, I kind of noticed with my uh, top 10 this week. Yeah, there, there was a lot of high scoring games. Uh, a lot of players just uh, blowing up this week. Um, a few surprises. A few surprises. We, we did get to see um, uh, a few, especially out in San Francisco there. You got to see one. Uh, out in New Orleans, but I mean, it, it was a fun week in the NFL. I'm I'm actually uh, pretty pretty fired up for this week. Um, so Tyler, with that, sir, we are uh, gonna hop right into our scores here. Are you ready, sir? Oh yeah. All right, score time, and here we go. Uh, the San Francisco 49ers beat blow out the Oakland Raiders 34 to three. Derek Carr 16 for 21, 171. No touchdowns or picks in that game. A.J. McCarron uh, had three passes in that game for eight yards, only completed one of them. Uh, Doug Martin, 11 carries for 49 yards. DeAndre Washington, 5 for 27. Uh, Receiving-wise, Jalen Richard, four receptions for 45 yards. Martavius Bryant, two receptions for 29 yards. Um, On the 49ers side, the the big story here, Nick Mullins. Who? Yeah, exactly. Uh, 16 for 22, 262, three touchdowns, just blowing the world away. Uh, Rasheem Mostert. Uh, seven carries for 86 yards, leads the team in rushing. Matt Breda returns, uh, gets 12 carries, but only manages 44 yards on the ground. Uh, George Kittle, once again, George Kittle, four receptions. I believe uh, Mostert also had a touchdown. I, I, I think know. they had a rushing touchdown. Uh, they had four touchdowns in the game total. That's a good question. Unless there's a defensive one. That's quite possible. But George Kittle, four receptions, 108 yards, and a touchdown. Richie James. Two receptions for 60 yards. Pierre Garçon, three receptions for 56 and a touchdown. Um, as the 49ers show up and Nick Mullins uh, lights the world ablaze. Tyler, what you got for me? I have the Atlanta Falcons and the Redskins. The Falcons go up 38-14. The uh, dynamic offense of um, put a number on um, what up to this point has been a very good Washington defense. So mm-hmm. I, was, I was a little surprised. So Falcons move to 4-4 four and four and the Redskins drop to five and three, then they're still well in control of the division there. On the Falcons side, Matt Ryan goes 26-38, 350 yards, four touchdowns and an interception. Great game there by Matty. At, at, at the rushing attack, um, 
They have a nice little duo going here, even with Freeman gone. Tevin Coleman has 13 carries, 88 yards. And Ito Smith, 10 carries, 60 yards, and a touchdown. Blowing up here, running back by committee stuff. It's, it's starting to become more popular. Yeah, it is. It's just terrible for fantasy owners. Last time we've seen one effective like that was, was New England. But it wasn't really effective. They haven't really ever had a strong, strong running game. But. Well, well, they had a running back by committee going on where they were getting about that those types of numbers. It was actually pretty fabulous. Yeah, and the, the last time was really the, the, the first consistency we really started seeing that was actually the uh, the Panthers. I mean, you had the, the one-two punch with uh, Jonathan Stewart and uh, D'Angelo Williams. Yep, and they were fantasy nightmares because you didn't know which and one. And they were like the only team at the time <laughs> that was really doing like a consistent running back by committee. Yes. And you, you had the Saints there kind of doing it, but you got... Um, Kamara's um, out of the backfield. Kamara's more of this is yeah to the air. Yeah, but uh, anyway, uh, Julio Jones has himself a big game. Uh, seven receptions, 121 yards, and a touchdown. Calvin Ridley also had six receptions, 71 yards, and a touchdown. And Tevin Coleman had uh, five receptions, 68 yards, and two touchdowns. So between the air and the ground, Coleman had a had a great game. Oh yeah. On the Redskins side, Alex Smith goes 30 for 46, 306 yards, one touchdown, one interception. He also ran the ball one time for 22 yards. And Capri Bibbs, three carries, 20 yards, and a touchdown. Adrian Peterson uh, had a little team in this game. He had nine, nine carries and 17 yards. Didn't use him a whole lot. No. Surprised after the game he had. Um, so, the, so you still give him the ball the most, but I, mean, I think it's because they got behind. Right. But uh, through the air, um. Maurice Harris, 10 receptions, 124 yards. He blew up. Big game. Out of nowhere. Vernon Davis, 5 receptions, 62 yards. Jordan Reed, 4 receptions, 34 yards. It was Josh Doxton who got the touchdown from Alex Smith uh, with 3 receptions on 31 yards. What do you got? My Minnesota Vikings showed up on Sunday and uh, blasted the Detroit Lions 24-9. Uh, Matt Stafford for the Lions, 25 for 36, 199. Carry on Johnson. Uh, 12 carries for just 37 yards as the Vikings D-line shows up. Marvin Jones, 6 receptions for 66 yards. Kenny Galladay, 3 receptions for 46 yards. Theo Riddick, 7 receptions for 36 yards for the Lions. And the Vikings, Kirk Cousins, 18 for 22, 164. One touchdown, one pick. Very low. Yeah, not a big game there. No, very. Uh, this is probably his lowest game of the year. Uh, Dalvin Cook, 10 carries for 89 yards, including a 70-yarder. Latavius Murray had 10 carries for 31 yards, and he did hit the end zone one time. Laquan Treadwell leads the team in receiving two receptions for 37 yards. Kyle Rudolph had two for 28. Adam Thielen with four receptions for 22 oh, yards and a touchdown over. as his streak comes to an end with a tie of Calvin Johnson there. Um, the big story here, the Minnesota Vikings, 10 sacks against the Detroit Football Lions uh, as the Vikings beat the Lions 24-9. Tyler, what you got? I got the Steelers and the Ravens. You know, what we grow to expect with these teams. Uh, the first one was a bit more one-sided, but uh, another lowest scoring game with these two teams, 23-16 as the Steelers go up. They now move to 5-2-1, and, and the Ravens drop to 4-5 and five going into their bye. So the Ravens are going to have, some, have a lot of work cut out for them. They're going to have to win some games that they're not supposed to win to get themselves back in this. Definitely. Steelers, Big Ben, 28-47, 270 yards and two touchdowns. Josh, Josh Dodds also came in for a pass for 22 yards. James Conner. Oh, boy. 24 carries, 107 yards. And, and through the air, Juju Smith-Schuster, seven receptions, 78 yards. 
James Conner. Seven receptions, 56 yards, and a touchdown through the air. And Jesse James, two receptions, 53 yards. And Antonio Brown, five receptions, 42 yards, and a touchdown. On the Ravens side, Joe Flacco goes 23 for 37, 206 yards, no picks, no touchdowns. Lamar Jackson threw one pass for 12 yards. Alex Collins continues his struggles, nine carries, 35 yards. Um, he, did, he did get in the end zone. Um, Lamar Jackson ran the ball five times for 10 yards. And through the air, Willie Sneed left the team, seven receptions, 58 yards. Mark Andrews, three receptions, 50 yards. Michael Crabtree, three receptions, 32 yards. In, in the game that, that Ravens really need to have, just didn't go their way. Now we'll see where the season goes. The Kansas City Chiefs top the Cleveland Browns 37-21. The Chiefs keep rolling, rolling right along there. Patrick Mahomes, 23 for 32, 375, three touchdowns and a pick. <clears throat> Kareem Hunt, seven carries for 91 yards, uh, and, or 17 carries rather, for 91 yards and two touchdowns on the day. Travis Kelsey led the team in receiving with seven receptions for 99 yards. He also had two touchdowns. Tyreek Hill, four receptions for 69 yards. Spencer Ware, four for 69 and Sammy Watkins, five for 62. And Kareem Hunt, one receptions for 50, one reception for 50 yards and a touchdown. Over with the Browns, Baker Mayfield, 29 for 42, 297, two touchdowns and a pick. Uh, Tyrod Taylor did get on the field for one play. He had one passing attempt. It was completed for 11 yards. Uh, Nick Chubb, 22 carries, 85 yards and a touchdown, showing he's the workhorse over there. Duke Johnson had nine receptions for 78 yards, two touchdowns. Not a bad showing by him. Uh, David Njoku also had some uh, playing time, four receptions for 53 yards. Antonio Callaway, three receptions for 51. And Jarvis Landry had six for 50. And also your boy, Tyler, Rashad Perriman, two receptions for 36 yards. As, he probably dropped three, three other ones. <laughs> as the Chiefs uh, go on to defeat the Cleveland Browns. Tyler, what you got for me? New York Jets and the Miami Dolphins. The Dolphins go up in a very low-scoring game, 13-6. Dolphins are now 5-4. Wow. Um, quietly good record. I just I just don't think they're as good as the record says. Yes. Um, and the Jets drop to 3-6. Sam Darnold, 229 yards, no touchdowns, four interceptions. Ouch. Rough game there for the rookie. Isaiah Crowell, 13 carries, 49 yards, and Elijah McGuire, had seven carries on 30 yards. Through the air, Christopher turned on the fourth. Seven, or four receptions, 62 yards. Quincy Anunua, three receptions, 40 yards. Robbie Anderson, four receptions on 30 yards. And Jermaine Curse, three receptions, 20 yards. On the Dolphins side, Brock Osweiler, start for the injured Tannehill, goes 15 for 24, 139 yards. Um, on the ground, Frank Gore um, goes 20 carries on 53 yards. Through the air, Danny Amendola, five receptions, 47 yards. Kenyon Drake, four receptions on 26 yards. And, and Kenny Stills got a reception for 19 yards. What do you got? The Chicago Bears roll over the Buffalo Bills, 41-9. Uh, Mitch Trubisky, 12 for 20, 135 yards, a touchdown and an interception. Uh, Jordan Howard had 14 carries for 47 yards, two touchdowns on the day. Uh, Receiving-wise, Anthony Miller, five receptions for 49 yards. Taylor Gabriel, three for 45. And Trey Burton, two receptions for 28 yards and a touchdown. Uh, for the Bills, Nathan Peterman, 31 for 49, 188, three picks on the day. Uh, Peterman led the team in rushing as well with eight carries for 47 yards. He did score a touchdown. 
Uh, Chris Ivory, seven, re- seven carries for 36 yards. LaShawn McCoy, 10 carries, 10 yards. One yard per carry. Uh, just a horrible day rushing, as is the norm now with the Buffalo Bills. Receiving-wise, Logan Thomas, seven receptions for 40 yards. Kelvin Benjamin, four for 40. Jason Kroom, three for 36 yards as the Buffalo Bills get trounced. Fun fact about this game, those three interceptions, uh, huge for the, the Chicago Bears. They had a 28-point second quarter. Jeez. That's wild. Um, as they destroy the, the ailing Buffalo Bills in this game. Tyler, hit me. Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Carolina Panthers. Panthers go up 42 to 28, and they move six and two, and Buccaneers drop to three and five. Ryan Fitzpatrick got the start this week, and who knows what'll be next week. Oh gosh. Um, um, goes 24 for 40, 243 yards, four touchdowns, two interceptions. On the on the on the running uh, for rushing, Peyton Barber 11 carries, 31 yards. Ryan Fitzpatrick also ran the ball five times for 23 yards, and Jaquise Rogers <coughs> two carries, 14 yards. Through the air, Adam Humphreys, big game, eight receptions, 82 yards, two touchdowns. What yowza. Chris Godwin, two receptions on 40 yards, and Deshaun Jackson, two receptions on 32 yards, and their uh, elite receiver, Mike Evans, had one car- one catch for 16 yards. Got shut down in this game. Yes. On the Panthers' side, Cam Newton was 19 for 25, 247 yards, and two touchdowns. Christian McCaffrey. 17 carries, 79 yards, two touchdowns. Cam Newton also ran the ball himself 11 times for 33 yards. And Curtis Samuel had one carry for 33 yards and a touchdown. On, on for receiving Christian McCaffrey, five receptions, 78 yards. So a big game there for McCaffrey. Greg Olson, six receptions, 76 yards and a touchdown. Devin Funches, four receptions, 44 yards. And Curtis Samuel, two receptions, 25 yards and a touchdown. So Samuel had a decent game there. Yeah, he did. What do you got? Uh, the L.A. Chargers keep on trucking over the uh, Seattle Seahawks, 25-17. Uh, to 17. Phillip Rivers, a very human game this week, 13 for 26, uh, 228, two touchdowns. Melvin Gordon had himself a monster game, though. 16 carries, 113 yards, and a touchdown. Um, Receiving-wise, Keenan Allen led the team in receiving. There's a surprise. Six receptions, 124 yards. Mike Williams had one reception for 30 yards. He did hit the end zone. Virgil Green, two for 28. And Tyrell Williams had two receptions for 23 yards and a touchdown. For the Seahawks, Russell Wilson, 26 for 39, 235, two touchdowns and a pick. Um, Mike Davis had 15 carries for 62 yards. Russell Wilson also ran the ball five times for 41 yards. And Chris Carson slowed down a little bit this week, eight carries for 40 yards on the day. Uh, Doug Baldwin, receiving-wise, led the team, uh, four receptions for 77 yards. Nick Vanette, six receptions for 52 yards and a touchdown. Mike Davis, seven receptions for 45 yards. As the, uh, the L.A. Chargers keep on rolling big surprise this year, and they down the Seattle Seahawks. And to think, they, they are without their uh, very young and going to be elite tight end and Hunter Henry all, all year. All year long. That, this, could have, this, could, this could have been an, a, a much more dangerous team. Yes, and, and you know the fact that they've continued to be this dangerous is pretty exciting to me, actually. Oh, yeah. So we have the Houston Texans and the Denver Broncos in uh, Demarius Thomas' first game with the Texans. He gets to face his former team. Oh, boy. The Texans go up 19-17, to low-scoring low game. Sean Watson goes 17 for 24, 213 yards and two touchdowns. Alfred Blue led the team in rushing, 15 carries and 39 yards. 
but uh, Lamar Miller also had 12 carries and 21 yards. DeAndre Hopkins had 10 receptions, 105 yards, and a touchdown. Also, I, my prediction was a little bit off. I, I predicted that he was going to decimate his team, but he did have a good game, and Marius Thomas had two receptions and 61 yards. So he did have one of his better games of the season. Not too shabby. Lamar Miller also had two receptions and 27 yards. On the Broncos side, Case Keenum, 26 for 42, 290 yards and a touchdown. Not a bad showing from old Case. Not there. too bad. Philip Lindsay, 17 carries and 60 yards. And Devontae Booker, three carries, 15 yards and a touchdown. Through the era, Jeff, Jeff Herman had 10 receptions and 83 yards and a touchdown. Good game there. Portland Sutton had three receptions and 57 yards. Emmanuel Sanders, six receptions, 47 yards. And Philip Lindsay also had two receptions, 24 yards through the air. And as the uh, Houston Texans go on winning on their fifth straight win. That was a... Or sixth straight win. Sixth straight. They're, they're on fire right now. Holy crap. What do you got? Uh, the New Orleans Saints uh, went out and, and finally, somebody did it, finally beat the L.A. Rams 45-35. to 35. Uh, Jared Goff, 28 for 40, 391, three touchdowns and a pick. Uh, Todd Gurley, 13 for 60, or 13 carries for 68 yards and a touchdown. Uh, and, and they really slowed Gurley down in this game, uh, especially they, they kept bringing 11 guys to the ball every time he got it. So it was, it was a very interesting thing. Uh, Brandon Cook, six receptions for 114 yards and a touchdown. Cooper Cup, five receptions for 89 yards and a touchdown. Robert Woods, five receptions for 71 yards. And Gerald Everett had three for 48, and Tyler Higby had two for 40. So Jared Goff spread the ball a There's little bit. There's their one, two, three punch and, there. Yep, and Malcolm, Woods. Malcolm Brown had one reception for 18 yards. He did hit the end zone in that one catch. Uh, for the Saints, Drew Brees, 25 for 36, 346, four touchdowns on the day against a very lethargic L.A. Rams defense. Alvin Kamara, six, or I'm sorry, 19 carries for 82 yards, two touchdowns, led the team. Mark Ingram only had nine carries on the day for 33 yards. I mean, I guess if it's not broke, don't change it. Uh, don't fix it. Uh, Michael Thomas, 12 receptions for 211 yards and a touchdown. Ben Watson, three receptions for 62 and a touchdown. Alvin Kamara had four receptions for 34 and a touchdown. Traycon Smith, two receptions for 23 and a touchdown. And even Josh Hill had two for ten. As uh, the Saints, finally somebody came out and beat the the vicious L.A. Rams. And maybe that'll be a little bit of a wake-up call for the Rams moving into the rest of the season. The Saints down the Rams, though, 45-35. Tyler, hit me. What I have is the uh, second game of the week. Uh, you, you mentioned the one, and then the, the other one ended up not really being much of a game. The New England Patriots and the Green Bay Packers. Patriots go up 31-17. As they move to seven and two, and the Packers drop to three, four and one. Aaron Rodgers goes twenty-four for forty-three, two hundred fifty-nine yards, two touchdowns. Aaron Jones fourteen carries, seventy-five yards. Jamal Williams seven carries, thirty-four yards. Marquise Vandalis Scantling went three receptions, one hundred and one yards, and uh, Jimmy Graham four receptions, fifty-five yards, and a touchdown. Devontae Adams six receptions, forty yards, and a touchdown. And Randall Cobb. Five receptions, 24 yards. You got really held up by Valdez Scantling. There. I did. <laughs> Vandalez. That's what I'm going to call him from now on. Vandalez. Van- Van- Vandalez. Okay. I had an N there. <laughs> Valdez Scantling. <coughs> yeah, Valdez Scantling. Patriot side, Tom Brady, 22-35, 294 yards and a touchdown. Julian Edelman had a pass for 37 yards, I and mean, we do know he's capable of throwing the ball pretty, pretty well. Yes. Cordero Patterson, 
again led the team in rushing. A oh, weird. The second week in a row. He's going to be the, the, the second coming of Ty Montgomery just with a better attitude. Right. <laughs> Cordero Patterson, he has 11 carries, 61 yards, and a touchdown. James White has uh, 100, or I'm sorry, 12 carries. Not 100 carries. No. Uh, 12 carries with 31 yards and two touchdowns. Julian Edelman ran the ball twice for 28 yards. At receiving, uh, Josh Gordon has five receptions, 130 yards, and a touchdown. Big game there by Josh Gordon that we know he's capable of doing. Yes. I think he's finally got the system down. He's starting to look like the Josh Gordon of old. Could be scary. Uh, James White also had six receptions, 72 yards through the air, so big game there for James White. Julian Edelman had six carries and 71 yards, and Philip Dorsett, three receptions, 30 yards. So I want to talk real quick about, about the New England Patriots offense. I had a fun fact today that I, I, was, uh, I looked up. Um, the New England Patriots currently lead the league in rushing yards by receivers. <laughs> I can see that. They, 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 that's the, the fun fact about that. They lead the league in rushing yards by receivers, and uh, Cordero Patterson... Cordero Patterson seems to be the, the poster child for that. I wonder who's leading the league in a receiving yard by running backs. No, I, I, Saints, Rams. <clears throat> yeah, well, I don't know. Uh, James White is still running around out there. Um, last but not least, Monday Night Football, the Tennessee Titans down the Dallas Cowboys 28-14. to Marcus Mariota 21 for 29, 240 yards, two touchdowns on the day. Deion Lewis, 19 carries for 62 yards. Marcus Mariota also ran for 32 yards on the day and hit the end zone once. Derrick Henry, six reset, or I'm sorry, six carries, 27 yards and a touchdown. Uh, receiving wise, Corey Davis, six receptions, 56 yards. Darius Jennings, one receptions for 30, one reception for 36 yards. That's the second time I've done that. Uh, Johnu Smith, two receptions for 33 and a touchdown. And Taiwan Taylor, two receptions for 24 yards. Cameron Bastion, two for 21. As uh, the Titans in the Cowboys fan. overpower the Cowboys. For the Cowboys, I, you need to calm down. <laughs> I wasn't even done yet. For the Cowboys, Dak Prescott, 21 for 31, 243, two touchdowns and a pick. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott, very human game for him, 17 carries for 61 yards. Amari Cooper, five receptions for 58 yards and a touchdown, led the team. Wow, coming in his first one. What are I you know. doing? I, I get my ice bags. What are you doing? Jeez, oh, Pete. I'm still recovering. Um, uh, yeah, Ezekiel Elliott, four receptions for 51 yards. Michael Gallup, three receptions for 51 <laughs> yards. And Alan Hearns, one reception for 23. He does hit the end zone one time uh, as the Tennessee Titans down the Dallas Cowboys 28-14. Um, are you okay? Are you <laughs> okay? And, and, and that would be it for our scores, ladies and gentlemen. Um <laughs> Oh my God, Tyler! You haven't laughed like this since the other night with Josh on, on the headset. <laughs> oh my gosh, it sounded like you were digging old lady digging around in your diaper or something. That's what it sounded like. That's horrible. <laughs> Tyler is is stuffing socks filled with ice in his underpants. I gotta ice my shit. Oh God, not my like literal shit, but you know what I mean. Oh God, Tyler. my wounds, your wounds. Oh my! Well, Lord. it's because it's because I have the ice in like plastic bags with like the the condensation like leaks out, so it gets all wet and messy. So like, I got to put something to kind of keep everything dry. Oh jeez! This is this is what I'm working with, folks. <laughs> Just, the man the man is icing his balls as we're we're over here. That is correct. Oh jeez! 
Oh, my Lord. Anyhow, uh, Tyler, you know, we, we just got done talking uh, Cowboys scores. Let's talk Cowboys for a minute. <clears throat> I know nobody likes the Cowboys. So America's team. Oh, shut <laughs> up. Um, so uh, quit playing with your ice packs, okay? Quit it. I can hear them crinkling and stuff. So what about the Cowboys? Oh, jeez. The, the, so the Cowboys, um, they're 3-5 and five right now on, on the year. People have started calling for uh, um, calling for people's heads here. I mean, it, really. Uh, Jerry Jones says he doesn't anticipate uh, moving away from Jason Garrett um, on the season. Do, do you think – I mean, I, I understand Jason Garrett's kind of a yes man. Troy Aikman says the, the Cowboys need a complete overhaul with this team. Do you feel – like the Cowboys need a complete overhaul on their football team, and do you feel like Jason Garrett's getting ready to go out the door? I I think uh, Dak Prescott had that one good season, and they put all their eggs in that basket after that. And I think he's start, starting to realize that he's not as good as they thought he was. Yeah, and and with uh, the Cowboys, they're they're kind of um, they're kind of in a tough spot here. Uh, three and five now. Uh, your your post Romo era now, right? And and you you just watched um, and it, first of all you got David Irving who who just hurt his ankle in practice um, he he's uh, he's questionable for the upcoming week here um, so if you're the Dallas Cowboys um, are you feeling like you still have a shot are you feeling like Jason Garrett's ready to go out the door I mean Jason Garrett's kind of a yes man for for Jerry Jones. Am I wrong? You're absolutely correct. I mean that's that's basically what Jason Garrett has learned to become, and I feel like that's what Jerry Jones kind of looks for. He looks for a yes man. Um, I, I don't know. I, I feel as though uh, you, you could be seeing the final days of Jason Garrett, and I feel like you could very well be seeing the final days of of uh, Dak Prescott here as well. To be perfectly honest with you, Dak Prescott he he had the one good season. Now Michael Irvin. We got to hear Michael Irvin yell and scream and hoot and holler about how Dak Prescott is a, a, a top-tier player and how he's a great quarterback and how he's going to be great in this league if he's got the right pieces around him. Well, you go out and you get Amari Cooper. It was a smart move. He goes out, he you know, craps the bed 28-14. to 14. I mean, at what point do we start calling for people's heads? And I mean, Cooper had a good game, but it's, it's not enough. It's not enough. and, and there's the, the, the defense isn't there. No. Um, the line uh, is really their golden goose. Um, the quarterback's not great. Elliott's trying his absolute best to keep this team going. Ezekiel Elliott was just held to 61 yards this game. Yeah. 61 yards. I mean, when's the last time you've heard Ezekiel Elliott being mm-hmm. held? Like it was a rough that? game, but he's still top five in, a, in a rushing yards in the league. Well, I mean, he's still. had a great season, but he looked human this week. Yeah, and I mean, when's the last time you've heard that? Ezekiel Elliott being held to, to 17 carries on 61. He only had a 3.6 average this past game. That's not like him at all. No, and, and so we're... We're over here talking about Dallas Cowboys, and and uh, I, the Cowboys don't look like the Cowboys. I mean, they 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 look like they're starting to fall apart at, at the seams here. Jerry Jones with a lot of work to do in this off season. Um, I mean, you, you got to put together. Fun fact: This is his third worst game. He's had two worse than this. Wow, this, this is season. his third worst game this season. He had a, he had a week where he had last week he had fifteen carries. For for the for, for thirty three yards. Wow. Um, a few weeks ago in Houston, he had twenty carries for fifty four yards. And wow. Week one, he had fifteen carries for sixty nine yards. So so Zeke is is having a hard time. I mean, you don't have your your you know all pro center on the team right now. You you've got Dak Prescott who's got who's really showing nothing for you yeah. at this point. 
Um, you just had your defensive end, your all-pro defensive end, uh, Irving, get hurt, right? I mean, really, I mean, how much were uh, – number one, the I guess question number one, do you fire Jason Garrett? Um, you – we're gonna we'll, we'll kind of kill two birds in one stone this because it's kind of relevant talking about coaching firing. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked about this at, at Chipotle the other day. Well, I don't I don't you know don't, if it's if it's irrelevant because because you're you've got uh, you know the Browns just went out and shit can their guy. Well, I was gonna bring Harbaugh in this mix too. Oh, because yeah. that's on the list. Um, um we're talking talking about coach firings. Um, I I'm against firing coaches mid season, mm-hmm. no matter how bad the team is. It just it puts everything in a disarray because you end up having an interim guy take over the team. Um, you, if you do fire your coach mid season, you're basically throwing the white, the, the, um, the white towel in for the whole season because yeah. nothing's going to go well. Right. So, um, I think this should be Garrett's last season. Um, but I do not think they should, they should fire him mid season, finish the year out. And the same thing goes for, for the Ravens. I, I don't want Harbaugh to be fired, but if he is going to be save for the end of the season, plus Ravens are still in the mix of things anyway. No, if it's um, not Garrett's last season. Or if it if it, or let's say it is it is supposed to be Garrett's last season, but then he goes out and he goes ten and six to end the year. Do you let him go? They still, I mean, they're three and five right now. I mean, they, that still gives them a one loss cushion. Say the Cowboys go out and go ten and six to finish out the year. Do you, do you keep Jason Garrett around at that point? I think if that happens, they will. Well, yeah, that's what I think. Now, and, and same goes in the case of the Ravens. They're, what, 4-5 and five right now? Yep. Um, the Ravens, when it comes to John Harbaugh, uh, he's on the hot seat. Do, do you, when it comes to the Ravens, they're, the Ravens, I think, are, are one of those interesting teams. We were talking last week about how Eric Weddle said that they're playing at a, a mediocre level. Yes. And, and <clears throat> so if, even if they are playing at a mediocre level, say they go 8-8 eight eight to finish the year. Does John Harbaugh see his way up? Is it that time? He probably will, but I don't think they should. I don't think they should. Um, I think uh, it's clear that there's problems going on right now, and it's not in his control. Um, injuries being one of them. Um, yeah, I hate to scream back to this because it's 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 been the, it's something that's it's played the Ravens the last few seasons. But if you look at the line that they've had the last two weeks, um, it's been um, yeah, you have two starters. The other ones are second, third stringers. So Joe's been um, under duress a lot, and the, the running. The running game that's already been bad is yes. worse. Now, John Harbaugh, one, one interesting thing about him is he runs a power run uh, style offense. He doesn't do a lot of passing. And uh, you, you can tell he's he's missing. Now, now you know, you got Alex Collins. He didn't, Alex Collins didn't have a bad year last year. No, but, he, he uh, broke 1,000. Yeah. Now, John Harbaugh, I mean, Alex Collins had a, had a good year last year. Alex Collins is, is definitely struggling this year. If you're John Harbaugh, are you, um, you know, you're you're missing a running back here, and I I feel like like you know they they've been he's been making do really with with you know Terrence West and and uh, I mean I mean Justin Forsett. Yeah, last like four, last four years, uh, you've you've had like some Terrence West and Forsett and uh, um, Buck Allen, um, Javorius Allen, Collins. I mean. Yeah, it, it, it's it's like a who's who of of you it's know. Get, ever since we ever since Ray Rice went off the doors, it's kind of, the Ravens running back system's been a lot like uh, Cleveland's quarterback situation. Yeah, it's, and it's been a mess. They've they've done nothing to really fix the problem either. They haven't gone into the draft and and really looked around for a running back. 
Um, they haven't picked one up. There's I mean, a guy named Love entering the draft this year, guys. Yep. yep. Do something. Yeah. And and uh, I I see a, a lot of this where we're 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 not getting um, a whole lot of uh, love in the running back position for the Ravens. They they have to make a move. You got to get a big name running back. Um, so say they go nine and seven, it, it, even if they get a winning record, is it playoff or bust for John Harbaugh? I think that's the way that management is viewing it. Right. And um, so unfortunately I think if they miss the playoffs, that he'll be out the door mm-hmm. and Joe could as well, even though I, I, I don't put any blame on Joe this year because he's still having a career year. Even though he's having a career year, I, I believe that, that for Joe, and I said it at the beginning of the year, I'll say it now. I think for Joe Flacco, it was Super Bowl or bust. Um, given the money he's getting, um, given how he's playing though right now, I would say that we're down to a playoff or bust situation it's because possible. Lamar's struggling and Joe's proven that he's playing way better ball. Lamar shouldn't even be on the field. No, <laughs> I think um, Lamar. So I, I think the way Joe's playing, he's played himself into a uh, playoff or bust scenario. Yep, and he and he didn't have a horrible game last game, twenty three for thirty seven, just. Trouble getting in the end zone. Yeah, he they were they were under duress the whole game, and the the line's been a big issue. Yes. So, um, last but not least, what we're, what we're talking about, you know, Cowboys and Ravens. Oh my. Um, let Let's talk uh, the big thing. Let's Let's talk the big one. Des Bryant. He goes out and gets signed six hundred K by the Saints. Um, if you're the uh, Dallas Cowboys, how sad are you feeling that that you just got Des Bryant signed by the Saints? For 600k, with 500k in incentives. For that, for that price, I don't know why uh, there were other teams <laughs> putting offers out. I, I don't understand. Even, even if he ends up um, showing that he's lost a step and he, and, he, and he can't play great ball anymore, that's it's peanuts. If, if I'm the Cowboys, I'm I'm over here going, what the hell? <laughs> Keeping in mind yeah. that Des Bryant turned down. A multi-year deal for a lot more money than that Saints just gave by the Ravens. Yep, yep. It was, it was what seven mil a year, uh, five or seven or something yeah, like that. It was, it was some ridiculous number. But so Des Bryant goes out and gets signed by the Saints. And if you're the Saints right now, how excited are you to have Des Bryant on your football team? Given that they didn't give him a whole lot of money, absolutely excited. Because um, uh, if he busts, no big deal. But he, but Des Bryant, he has the potential of being a. Uh, I, I with his speed going down, I'd say more of a slot guy. Yeah, I mean, I, I like Des Bryant a lot. I, I think he's he's um, a good receiver. But I I said last week that that I felt like he was done. I have this feeling that uh, you know Des Bryant uh, isn't going to pan out the way that that everybody thinks he is in New Orleans. Um, I, I stand by the idea that I think he's done as much as I liked his work originally in uh, in Dallas here. Um, so, so now we're, we're talking about, uh, um, you know, the, the Saints possibly being the most dangerous team in football. Yeah. I'm um, very, I mean, they just beat, they just, uh, put end of the undefeatedness. I, I think Saints are definitely in that, in that, um, realm of being the, um, most dangerous team in football right now. Right. Um, do the Saints, uh, is it Super Bowl or bust? I, I I think it is. Um, they uh, arguably um, should have been in the NFC Championship um, had it not been for uh, the greatest um, play in the world. <laughs> um, <laughs> so our, and I I think they would have gone on to beat Eagles. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I I think it's definitely playoff or bust or Super Bowl or bust. I mean, right. 
So um, with that, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to go ahead and take a quick break. And we will be back right here on the Outside Blitz. Do you like how calm that was, Tyler? It's weirdly calm for you. We'll be right back right here on the Outside Blitz. At It's Your Time Massage, you get all the benefits of one of the larger massage chain parlors, but in a more intimate and personal setting. With four years' experience, massage therapist and owner Amanda Yata's goal is to help people in a natural way, offering Swedish deep tissue, pregnancy, aromatherapy, and sports massages. You will feel better and have more energy in just one hour. It's Your Time Massage is offered in-home, Amanda's or yours. With the rates ranging from $55 to $130, you get professional quality at an affordable rate. Contact Amanda today at 313-686-4347 or online at iytmassage.com. It's Your Time Massage, a natural way to improve your well-being. And welcome back to the Outside Blitz. I'm your host, Tyler Dean. That was much more enthusiastic than I did when we went off. <laughs> yeah. I, I sounded like easy listening. Yeah, you're Mr. Calm over here. Yeah. And welcome back to the welcome, Outside Blitz. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Outside Blitz. Yeah. yeah don't use that voice ever again. Good. Why? Why? You feel like you need an adult? Yeah. A little bit. <laughs> oh, lordy. And... Uh, so <clears throat> here we are. Um, week nine has passed. We're we're getting ready to enter week ten. Uh, we got a few hours till Thursday night football coming up here. Um, and uh, Tyler, it's about that time. It is that time. It is that time, uh, ladies and gentlemen. It's time for Tyler's top. Tyler's top ten is here, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, Tyler, I, I big performances this week. You had a ton of them. Yeah, um, a lot of uh, big performances. Like I'm just giving a uh, run of the mill uh, performance is not going to get you on this list this week. Offensive explosion is is the best way you could put it. Yeah. And uh, um, we're not talking about um, my uh, dirty time. Come on, huh? Huh? It is pretty I don't, offensive. I don't, get, I don't get the reference there. Yeah, you're it's, a funny guy. Uh, so, well, it is pretty offensive. I'll tell you that much. Now, um, Tyler, uh, ready for your top ten here? Yeah, um, but the, with the big week, I decided to include uh, some uh, more honorable mentions. Uh, you like these? Kind don't of, lie. Kind of. Especially in a big league, I want to make sure like the recognition gets put out there. Oh, but throw, go you're on. not good enough to be in the top ten. You don't get mentioned. <laughs> so I'm too harsh. Number five in the top ten or uh, honorable mentions: Julio Jones, seven receptions, 121 yards, and a touchdown. Julio, big game there. Yeah, he had a good game. Um, this is kind of indicative of what we've been seeing of of uh, Julio Jones over the course of the last uh, several weeks of the season. You know, he he's big one week, and then he's off the next, and he's big one week, and he's off the next. And he's dueling with uh, your boy Thielen for uh, most yards in the seat, seat uh, for yard leader. But, um, well, right it? now, I think he's got the, the uh, uh, yardage lead right Thielen now. Thielen has it by, like, 20 yards. I'm surprised because Thielen has, didn't do anything. But here's, here's, here's the thing, though. This is um, Keep in mind, Thielen has played nine games – um, Julio's already had his buy. Oh, so gotcha. after this week, I expect Julio will get at least those twenty yards and take the uh, reins. Right, and and um, 
just a, uh, uh, I mean, I guess a regular performance, what we got out of Julio Jones, which is yeah. actually kind of an interesting thing, hearing him uh, uh, that be called regular, you know. Uh, and you are right. Uh, Adam Thielen has it by 14 yards. Yeah, so um, I expect Julio will get it yeah. this week. Um, so Julio Jones, big game. I, I I like Julio Jones. I think he's fantastic. It, it's fun watching him and Thielen kind of duel over the top yardage mark. Hopefully Thielen can open it back up. Uh, go it, it'd be interesting. I think Hopkins might be in the mix too because I think I believe Hopkins has also had it or already had his bye as well. Yes. So uh, I think you're going to have a nice little – trio there near the top yeah i and and uh you and know saints as well have already had their buy as well so michael thomas could also be in that mix. yeah you're you're talking about adam thielen you're talking about julio jones you're talking about uh deandre hopkins you're talking about michael thomas you're also talking about mike evans a little bit um and and it's kind of interesting you know like i expected jones i expected hopkins i expected thomas I didn't expect Adam Thielen to be as high as he is, and I'm pretty proud of him. No, the, the other four are fairly reasonable, and Mike Evans has been a big name in this league. And last season he had a rough, rough year, but he's always been near the top. There, so it doesn't really surprise me. But Thielen is definitely the surprise there. Yeah, you may see Evans drop off a little bit because of the, the, the quarterback uh, situation. Well, not only that, but he's coming off an injury here. So, I mean, you may see Mike Evans drop off a little bit, but, you know, like I said, Julio Jones, um, you know, this is this is what we expect out of Julio. And it's pretty cool to see that we're we're you know nine weeks into the season and uh, in eight games for Julio Jones and he's breaking 900 yards and we're seeing all these receivers emerge. It's really showing that it is truly a passing league, um, and and you could very well see some 15, 16, 17 yard, 1700 yard performances this year. And, oh, for sure. And we haven't seen that you know in a while since Calvin Johnson was around. So I'm I'm actually pretty excited at the amount of guys that have this level of statistics right now. Um, going into the number four on the honorable, uh, Travis Kelsey, seven receptions, 99 yards, two touchdowns. Travis Kelsey, um, you know, the guy, uh, he shows up every week. Um, he, he does his job. He's, he's really a chain mover, and he's a great red zone threat. Um, I, love, I love it. I think uh, Patrick Mahomes has found, you know, I, I guess – I wouldn't say he's the number one target because I think it's pretty obvious that Tyreek Hill is the number one target. And Hunt as well. <clears throat> I think, uh, yeah, Hunt, you know, Kareem Hunt is always going to get, you know, his fair share. But I think Travis Kelsey has proven to be the number two over there in spite of the fact that he's, a, you know, the tight end. I think he's the number two look for Mahomes a lot of times. And he's one of those real, old reliables for Mahomes. So, yeah, I could see, uh, uh, definitely see Travis Kelsey, um, you know, doing what he does and having himself a monster game like he did. Number three, James White. 103 yards in scrimmage, two touchdowns. Typical James White. Yeah, another great game there. Another great game. Um, he He's not your, your most explosive runner, but he's very quick out of the backfield. Uh, great hands. He's a great change of pace back. I've got him in fantasy. I know that he puts up monster numbers for me every week. Um, and he's he's going to continue to be a big weapon. And for a long time, uh, New England was looking for that change of pace back. And it looked like for a minute that they found it in Shane Vereen, but Shane Vereen could never stay healthy. Now you got James White, who consistently makes those numbers and stays healthy week over week. So uh, he's going to be a monster's weapon for the the Patriots moving forward. Number two, Josh Gordon, 130 yards, seven receptions, and a touchdown. You know, you don't usually get this type of production out of a guy that that got traded in week or that got you know scooped up in week eight or week six or whatever it is. Yeah, this is his third week with the team, right. and he's he's already blown up. I mean, you don't expect he's that. got the talent though. That, that, that I'm I'm not surprised, but at the same time, you don't expect it this early. Yeah, he always had the talent. The guy was always a great vertical thread. He always had great hands. 
Um, you know, he he is, uh, uh, you know, just an awesome, awesome player. He's a great receiver. I'm excited for him. Uh, I believe that the the Patriots are starting to to integrate him a little bit. You could see, you know, him being coming the number one over here, whether it be the next Deion Branch, the next, uh, and I dare I say it, and I'm not going to go this far yet, but the next Randy Moss uh, of this team, that next number one receiver, he could become that vertical threat that they've so desperately needed over the last several years that has kind of, even though they've been making Super Bowls, has, has still held them back offensively in a way. So, um, you know, this, this could be really helpful for Tom Brady and could make this team even more dangerous. So uh, Josh Gordon, yeah, he, he's, I'm excited for him. I hope he continues this, uh, this trend. Well, I, I do and I don't. For his sake, I do. For, for the Patriots' sake, not so much. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. Yeah. And number one of the honorables, uh, I, I, I mean, I'm, it's, kind of, it's crazy that I have him out of the top ten despite such a really good game. Patrick Mahomes, Big 23 for 32, 375 yards, three touchdowns, one interception. <clears throat> Huge game. Typical Mahomes, um, yeah. and, and that's that's a crazy thing for me to say, typical Mahomes. I never expected Patrick Mahomes to come out and, and tear it up the way he has, um, it, you know, and it looks kind of like sitting behind Alex Smith for a year did him some good. Um, he, he seems to understand this offense. Uh, Andy Reid and him seem to have a, a good rapport here, um, and I, I really like what they're they're doing in Kansas City, you know, utilizing that, that strong arm of Mahomes. Uh, he's athletic. He... he makes the right reads. He knows how to, to read a defense. I like it a lot. He's he's hitting guys over the middle, allowing them to make plays with their legs. Not every play, not every pass is about Patrick Mahomes. And Patrick Mahomes has this tendency to hit a guy over the middle and say, all right, get your rack yards and, you know, make make a play. So uh, he, he makes opportunities for his guys to, to become monsters. Guys like Tyree Kill benefit from players like Patrick Mahomes, and that's not something you always saw out of Tyree Kill when Alex Smith was under center. Absolutely. Yes. Um, now the actual top 10. Yeehaw. Number 10, Alvin Kamara. 116 yards in scrimmage, three touchdowns. Another big game there for Kamara. Kamara leads the team in, in rushing uh, this week. Um, I like Alvin Kamara. I, I think he's uh, he's good. I think he's the guy over there. And I think if the the Saints were smart, they're going to take Alvin Kamara and and build their, this this team around him as far as a, a running back goes. Even you know, Thomas. Yeah, you know you know Drew Brees is going out the door. You know you're going to have and and right now I think that that now they've got Teddy Bridgewater as a backup. I think they're planning as Bridgewater to be their quarterback of the future. Um, this could be an exciting time for for the New Orleans Saints, and and it it could be one of those. Um, you know how some teams just reload, and and that's kind of what what I'm experiencing here. If uh, with the um, New Orleans Saints, I feel like they're just kind of reloading. Absolutely. So and and uh, you know Alvin Kamara, you're going to see Ingram go out the door at the end of the year, and I think Kamara's going to take over as that number one rusher. Oh, I, I believe so too. Um, Ingram will be out the door. He'll he'll be a, a number one stud for some team next year, but they're, but they're going to have to put their money into, into Kamara. Right. Number nine, you're going to like this one. Oh, boy. Vikings defense. Absolutely. Ten sacks, forced fumble, and, and a get that to touchdown. Big game there. So, um, you know, I, I had a feeling you were going to put the whole defense on there. Um, I'm going to talk about one guy in particular. That's Daniel Hunter, uh, now leading the league in sacks. Uh, huge game for them. A lot of this came down to Matt Stafford holding on the ball way too long. Um, and, and the Vikings were able to exploit that. Everson Griffin got a couple sacks. Daniel Hunter had three and a half. Um, they, they were just on it. Uh, and then that, that final 
little oomph from from Matt Stafford. He goes for the lateral um, over to uh, Golly was a Theo Riddick. Might have been carry on Johnson. He goes to lateral and backwards. Running back's not ready for it. The ball goes tumbling. Daniil Hunter picks it up, runs it back, scores a touchdown. Um, the the Vikings' uh, defense was great. Their defensive line was on fire, hold, held the Lions to just nine points. Um, and and really, you know, you, you got to think about what they're doing in with that defense with very little, very few parts. You know, Xavier Rhodes is hurt right now. He's playing hurt. Um you look at uh, uh, Mike Hughes, torn ACL. So for Anthony Barr was out this last game. And, and I know I crapped on Anthony Barr a lot, but Anthony Barr has recently come on mm-hmm. and, and recently has been playing good football. Suddenly Anthony Barr has shown up to the party. A little late, but he's shown up to the party. Um, and and that's it's something special for the Vikings because they went out and they managed to get 10 sacks and they managed to do it without Anthony Barr as a, a significant pass rusher. Um, which is what Anthony Barr is good for, is good for tackling, and he's good for pass rushing and run stopping. That's that's what he does. So for, for them to be able to pull this off without Anthony Barr, it might actually be a coup for the Vikings to say, see you later, Anthony Barr, we don't need you, because they did it without him. But um, the, that front four is, I mean, from, from Daniil Hunter to Sheldon Richardson to Linval Joseph to Everson Griffin, it's the best front four in football right now, as far as I'm concerned. I, they're they're four Pro Bowl guys, hands down, and they're both all four of them are just monsters. So so kudos to the Vikings for getting that and and uh, taking Matt Stafford down as many times as they did. Number eight, Matt Ryan, Matty Ice, twenty eight or twenty six for thirty eight, three hundred fifty yards, four touchdowns and a pick. Great game for Matt Ryan. He, they decim- they uh, they tore apart that that Redskins defense, which is surprising because Ha Ha Clinton Dix just got over there. Yep, you know, and and everybody thought Ha Ha Clinton Dix was going to be the big catalyst to to send the the Ravens defense into the upper echelon. Redskins, or yeah, what did I say? Ravens. Yeah, said Ravens. oh, uh, the the Redskins defense into the uh, upper echelon, and uh, the you know really they just got set ablaze by by Matt Matt Ryan there. Uh, Matt Ryan is that offense in Atlanta is one of the most explosive things I think I've ever seen. Yeah, so I'm almost not going to fault Redskins for not being able to to um, handle it. I mean, Matt Ryan, that offense has been explosive all year. Yeah, we're we're going to see in the coming weeks if HaHa Clinton Dix, you know, a winds up signing a, a, an extension with the Redskins, and b if he winds up being a, a, a valuable asset to them on their defense. But for the Falcons, the Falcons have had an explosive offense all along. They just lack the defense. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's been the big and problem. That's still the case. Yeah, it's been the problem in Atlanta for many, many years. Um, I mean, for the last better part of the last decade, we've seen the Atlanta Falcons' offense just be horrendously amazing. Um, you know, whether whether they had Julio Jones, uh, whether Calvin Ridley's there, whether uh, Devontae Freeman is is healthy and moving. I mean, it's just it just never seems to to come around. For sure. You know, that that defense never seems to come around. So. You know, kudos to Matt Ryan for for keeping that team afloat. He's kind of the only thing, and and he's showing he deserved that contract. Yeah, well, Matt Matt Ryan um, and Julio, Julio and, and now Ridley. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, and, Ridley. and they, they've had a pretty good run run team too. Freeman and Coleman. Not now with Freeman out, it's Coleman and uh, Ito. Right, and, and they always are really good about spreading the ball out to their one and two. Because yeah. I mean, when when they had when Julio came in, they were in that first year. They were really really good about spreading the ball around to Julio and Roddy White. 
Yeah, because Julio was the number two there, and Roddy Wright was on his way out. But but yeah. for, for a while, that was a that was the best one two punch in the, in the season in the league before Roddy White eventually uh, walked out the door. Right. So I mean, it, it, a lot of this falls on Matt Ryan though, getting the job done offensively. And and I I've, I've always been a big fan of Matt Ryan. So uh, I think he he's going to continue being a, a fantastic player. He he's going to have a, a Drew Brees esque career. Eventually, he'll win a bowl. Uh, he arguably should have, but uh, we all know how that went. Yeah, yeah. But he, he's going to win a bowl eventually in this game. And and uh, it just requires the Falcons to go out and get themselves some defensive parts, really. Oh, for sure. Number six, James Conner. Mm. 163 yards from scrimmage and touchdown. Le'Veon who? Exactly. Every week you keep, you, that, that continues to be the uh, story is that they do not need Le'Veon Bell. No, they don't. Statistically, James Conner has been playing better than Le'Veon Bell. Um, I mean, James Conner, third round pick, they, they get him for a steal. They get him for a discount. The guy comes out and just lights the world on fire every single week. Um, he's got a great offensive line behind him. James Conner's proving that they, they don't need to sign Le'Veon to the long-term deal. Let Le'Veon, they should have traded Le'Veon. They should have, but it, they should have made the move. It's too late now. But. They should have made the move. And, and really, I mean, it's too late now. Uh, Le'Veon either signs tender or he's going bye-bye. Yeah. I mean that's that's what it comes down to. But James Conner is is he's proven that he's the guy. He's the number one. James Conner is going to be uh, um, a big name in fantasy, barring a setback. I mean he, the guy catches, he runs, he's fantastic. He's got good speed. He's a he's a big bruiser. He likes to to hammer people. Big downhill runner. I I like James Conner. So so nice job for him. Number six, this is kind of funny. Um, number six and number five are just uh, are just barely different here. Um, starting number six, Tevin Coleman, one hundred and fifty six yards from scrimmage and two touchdowns. Wow, big game there for Coleman. Coleman is um, he's kind of a weird entity. Some weeks he shows up, some weeks he doesn't. Yeah. This week he did. Uh, Devontae Freeman, you know, it seems like every every time Devontae Freeman goes down, Tevin Coleman, Coleman gets the job done. Yep, he's standing there and he he gets it done. I feel like the Falcons are are more used to Tevin Coleman than Devontae Freeman at this stage of the game. Um, but but yeah. the problem is, is Freeman's got that gigantic contract now, so Tevin Coleman likely will see the door, especially right. with them. They just put that rookie Edo Smith, so Coleman will eventually go out go, leave, go out the building, and Edo Smith will serve the new number two guy behind Freeman. Right, and there's plenty of running backs out, or plenty of teams out there that need a running back. And, and Tevin, yep, and Tevin Coleman's going to wind up being a number one running back somewhere. They just have to find a scheme that fits him. Uh, he, he's a good runner. He's a little speedster. Um, he's got good hands, catches out of the backfield well. I mean, Tevin Coleman is, is a weapon. Um, if they use him properly, he turns out to be a big weapon for this team. He's good in the red zone. So you got to like him, and, and uh, I think he's going to wind up uh, – to be honest with you, if if Devontae Freeman doesn't doesn't start getting healthy, I, I think they might even consider extending Tevin Coleman and and uh, asking Freeman to restructure. It's possible, but I mean, the, the deal they gave Freeman's gonna, that's going to be a difficult one to do this early into the deal. Yeah. Number five, and like I said, keep um, watch the stat line here. Um, Christian McCaffrey, one hundred and fifty-seven yards from scrimmage <laughs> and two touchdowns. One whole yard. One whole yard, one and, whole and you're out of top. <laughs> wow. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, you know, when people picked when when he got selected in the draft, a lot of people said, "Oh, Christian McCaffrey, well, he's all right," and and he he got the privilege of of sitting back for a year, um, and then he really kind of blew up and, and took to his his own here. People knew he was going to be big. People knew he was a speedster. He really is. Um, I like Christian McCaffrey. I think he's exciting. 
Um, he's, he's a huge weapon for, for Cam Newton, who's learning how to be a passing quarterback in this league. Yep. Um, and, and I, I, I gotta, I gotta say Christian McCaffrey is probably one of the most explosive fun things you get to see on that Panthers offense from week to week. Uh, Carolina did a, a great job picking him up. Um, I mean, really all they need over there is, is a number one receiver and they're going to be just fine. Yeah. And, and, and Devin Funches, let's face facts, is not a number one receiver. Um, DJ could come around. He's actually starting to play a lot better in this in these last few weeks than he has in the first part of the season. But he, he he's not Calvin Ridley. No, I'm not sold on on DJ Moore, and I wasn't sold on him from the get. I, I didn't understand why people made such a big hubbub about him. Um, and and I said Calvin Ridley was was better than DJ Moore. Calvin Ridley has proven to be better than DJ Moore. Um, so hopefully, um, you know, for for his sake, he winds up blowing up. But I I think Christian McCaffrey has become the number one weapon outside of Cam Newton on that Panthers offense. Going to top four. This week was so hard. Like you see um 157 in two touchdowns. It doesn't it, you're on the top four. Like it was just a, such a heavy week. Mm-hmm. Number four, Jared Goff. Um 28 for 40, 391 yards, three touchdowns, one interception. A shootout in New Orleans, uh, and that's that's essentially. And I'm, I'm gonna, you know, because it's the same game, I'm going to bring up my number three. We'll, we'll talk about them both at the same time. Number three, Drew Brees, twenty-five or forty-six, three forty-six, four touchdowns. He gets the nod for having the extra touchdown and in the, in the less in the no interception. Yeah, but in a way, Jared Goff outdueled Brees, or at least kept up with Brees. More yards, better uh, percentage. Just had one last touchdown to pick versus Breeze's four. And that's, very equivalent games for the most part. I, I it was, that was a great game to watch out from the shootout standpoint. That's the name of the game when it comes to to facing off against the Saints and the Rams. It's keep up with the opposing team's quarterback. Um, the the Rams, you know, they, when, especially when it comes to Drew Brees, you got to keep up with Drew Brees, and it's a very difficult thing to do. Um, the the Saints are a very momentum based team. When the Saints start gaining, I mean, you, you saw it when they took on Minnesota. I mean, Minnesota was up, uh, uh, you know, 17-6 to six at one point, and then out of nowhere there's a fumble recovery that, that the Saints brought back for a touchdown. Next thing you know, the Saints are the Saints are just stomping all over Minnesota. Two weeks ago, um, a couple weeks ago in the Ravens game, uh, Ravens were up by 10, and all, all of a sudden um, Saints rallied, momentum picked up, and all of a sudden it's it's the Ravens having to make the uh, fourth quarter comeback. Right, and and you keep seeing this out of the New Orleans Saints. The Saints were down in the divisional game against the Vikings during the Minnesota Miracle game. The Vikings were up big, and the Saints came roaring back, and next thing you know, the Saints almost won that game. Uh, barring the Miracle, they should have. I mean, real uh, from a realistic standpoint, uh, the, the New Orleans Saints – they're very momentum-based, and that's what got them through this football game, and that's what made them win. When Drew Brees gets rolling, it, you're done. You can basically count yourself out because the Saints will keep coming and keep coming and keep coming. They're they're a scary team. So that's what you saw against the Rams there. And Jared Goff, kudos to him for being able to keep up so well with Drew Brees. And this is, the four, what, the fourth or fifth time the Saints have put up 40-plus points in a game this year. Yeah. I mean, this is – it, this offense is so high-powered, and there's so many weapons. And then that that Rams offense and their defense, really, so high-powered. I feel like their defense got a little lethargic in that game. Um, and and it was just something to, to really behold here, to watch uh, Drew Brees firing around like he normally does. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's kind of what we're dealing with here. Uh, kudos to uh, Drew Brees and kudos to Jared Goff, two big games. 
uh, well, one big game for two quarterbacks. So um, it remind, it's nowhere near the same level, but um, it was some years ago. I, I I can't remember the other other quarterback, but I know one of them was uh, Donovan McNabb. I can't remember they were facing. There was uh, there was a game. It was the first time ever where both quarterbacks in the same game both put up north of 500 yards in the yep. air. I can't remember who the other quarterback was in the life of me. Um, it could have been Breeze. Um, I know it was, it was an NFC matchup, but um, it, it's kind of as much as I love defenses. I mean, a shootout where both teams are going hand in hand is is kind of it can be fun to watch. It's too. an exciting game to watch. Uh, defensive battles they have a tendency to get a little boring. You know, not a lot of scoring going on. Uh, depending on you know, people look at the big things. All oh, the interceptions, the sacks. That's what everybody looks for. And Nobody those defensive at- games are, are are funner to watch. I mean, it's when you have like two bad offenses that play, and, and, <laughs> and it's not it's, out, not, the, it's not that the defenses did good. It's just, like this week, the Miami uh, uh, Jets game. Yeah, um, it wasn't great defense. It was just shitty play. Yeah, crappy offense. That's what we got to see. Um, so uh, realistically. Uh, you know the kudos to first of all kudos again to to Drew Brees and Garrett Jared Goff and and I feel like we basically saw a preview of the NFC title game coming up there. Oh yeah, without a doubt, and you, you'll have uh, Minnesota mix in there too, as well as uh, Panthers. Yeah, um, Panthers could and this, I mean it wouldn't be a surprise if they still won the division. They're keeping up with with the Saints. They really are, and they're, they're a team that can beat the Saints. They still face yeah. them twice. And I and I think that I mean even though they they lost, the Vikings have a shot at at beating both those teams. They oh, kept yeah. up with both those teams. Um, will they? I don't know. The Vikings defense has picked up a lot more in the last three four weeks here. Than what we saw. Plus, they're going to be coming off the bye week. We're going to see. There's going to be uh, some telling things going on in uh, the next uh, eight weeks. So I'm I'm pretty excited about that. Going in the top two, if, if uh, those quarter performances could get you in the top two, and it says a lot for what's still to come yes. here. I I went back and forth in number two and one here, but I, um, it came down to uh, one thing. So number two, Kareem Hunt. 141 yards from scrimmage, three touchdowns. Kareem Hunt is is another guy that that just kind of like um, James White is for Tom Brady. Kareem Hunt is becoming a weapon um, for uh, Patrick Mahomes. Uh, Kareem Hunt, he he's catching out of the backfield. He's scoring touchdowns on catches. He's scoring t- touchdowns on runs. He's making good plays. Um, I'm I'm pretty excited about Kareem Hunt. I I uh so Kareem Hunt's my boy. I hit. Toledo, um, fellow Toledo Rocket. Yeah. Um, I think he's gonna go. Do you know? So Toledo has a uh, two statues up in the, by the stadium for their two most famous mm. of all time. Which it's not. I mean, Toledo's a smaller school. You don't expect a lot of big names coming out of there. But uh, their two statues are. It's gonna. It's a little. It's a little laughable. But uh, right. Bruce Gradkowski <laughs> and uh, Chester Taylor. Wow. Chester Taylor. I like Chester the, Taylor. The former Viking. Yeah. Mr. Taylor, wow. I think uh, Kareem Hunt's well on his way to be the most recognized player in, in Rocket history, passing both those two. Yeah, probably. Not that Chester Taylor was bad. He had a, he had a, he had a good career. He did. I, but I think Kareem Hunt just is on a tear. Yeah, Chester Taylor became the uh, uh, change of pace back in Minnesota yeah. for a little while there. So, I mean, he, and then that's kind of <clears throat> that, that became his role, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know. Well, Kareem Hunt's on a team with a coach that knows how to have successful running backs. Andy Reid Andy Reid is a running back whisperer. Yes. Like, yes. Every year, like, oh, Jamal, Jamal, like, Jamal Charles has been injury prone, but he's been very good. Mm-hmm. Every time Charles would go down, it's like, oh, man, they're screwed. And here comes Niall Davis. Here comes Spencer <laughs> Ware. Here comes 
um, John Doe. Um, and no matter who comes in at running back when, on, in Andy Reid's system, they blow up. Yes, and and that's the Andy Reid way. And and we, we got to see it. We, we saw it out of LaShawn McCoy when he was in Philadelphia. Yep. Westbrook goes down, LaShawn McCoy shows up. So, I mean, we, we do get to see that. And Andy Reid, I, I think Andy Reid is just a, he's a really special coach. He's going to wind up being a, a special coach in this league for a long time. He in, in Even though he's already been around for a long time, that Wilford Brimley lookalike isn't going to be looking going away any soon. Yeah, get that man a Super Bowl. Yeah, get him, get him some diabetes medicine, too. <laughs> <laughs> and number one, Michael Thomas. I had to give it to him despite um, having two touchdowns less. Over 200 yards receiving, 12 receptions, 211 yards through the air, one touchdown. A record-breaking day for Michael Thomas, 211 yards. Just a huge day. Uh, tore Marcus Peters apart. Tore that Rams defense apart. Um, Marcus Peters said flat out he was lazy. He was lazy, lazy, lazy. Um, and and I got you can't do lazy with Michael Thomas no. and Brees. Michael Thomas has shown up week over week over week. He showed up all last year. He showed up all this year. Um, he's the number four receiver as far as receiving yards goes. Um, I got to tell you, I'm I'm excited. Uh, I, I'm I'm excited, and I'm not. I I hate 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 the New Orleans Saints. Um, I I've hated them for a while, um, and here we are. You know, the New Orleans Saints. Michael Thomas, Drew Brees. They found their big connection here. Uh, used to be Drew, We haven't seen a connection like this since Brees and Colston, really. Yeah. And and Brees finally found his number one guy. Um, and he's not hitting tight ends and trying to find every you know hook or crook way to, to get into the end zone. Drew Brees has actually got a full football team around him now. It's not, hey, oh, hey I'm going to hit my tight end that we're using as a receiver like Jimmy Graham. No, he's he's got a receiver. So this is exciting stuff for Drew Brees. And um, Michael Thomas is just a, he's a young guy. He's got a cheap contract. He's a beast. He's got great hands. Uh, I, I like I like Michael Thomas. Um, I, I hate him and I like him all at the same time. I, I think mm-hmm. he's just he's scary when you when you play against him. He's great when you got him on your team. So uh, uh, kudos to Michael Thomas, 211 yards, gets a touchdown on the day. Uh, really boosts the uh, the Saints big time. Absolutely, absolutely. Now Tyler, oh, who screwed up? <coughs> uh, who what? Who screwed up? Who screwed up? There's a few people that screwed up this week. <laughs> Um, so, uh, Tyler, there's, there's a lot of people that screwed up this week and, and, uh, it's that time. Holy smokes. Your horses are going crazy out there. I know. The horse dogs, the horse dogs. You see this? Your horse dogs are causing problems for our podcast, Tyler. So anyway, um, Tyler, it's time for Raytown's Forgotten Fun. Freytown's Forgetful Five. Oh yeah, aren't you excited? People screwed up. Yeah, people screwed up. You done, you done messed up, eh, hey, Aaron. <laughs> so, um, your Forgetful Five. Um, I don't have any honorable mentions this week. Uh, we we had some good performances, some very very good performances. It was a but, strong week. Yeah, it was a really strong week. There's always a few. Yeah, and uh, so I'm gonna jump right into the Forgetful Five. Number five goes to Marcus Peters. Uh, we just got done talking about him. He said he had a lazy, he played lazy against Michael Thomas. He gives up 12 receptions, 211 yards, and a touchdown um, to the number one receiver for the Saints. Uh, no, because number- each of those are bad. It's not um, giving up 200 yards is bad. Um, and e- ignoring the yards, giving up 12 receptions is equally as bad. Well, it's not even just that. You gave up two rece- 12 receptions for 211 yards. 
but let's not only let's focus on the yardage with each one of those passes. 12 receptions for 211 yards. I mean, how do you give up that many it's, uh, big throws? A little under uh, 20 yards? Yeah. But 17? I mean, you're, you're talking 17 yards uh, a pass. 17 and a half yards a pass. That's insane. So, so how are you giving up that many yards per pass? I mean, Marcus Peters uh, needs to get his life together. He's supposed to be the number one guy over there. Um, right now, if I'm if I'm the the Rams, I'm pretty disappointed in him. I'm talking about Nickel Roby Coleman coming up, um, but I, and just bad play by Peters. Uh, he should he ought to be ashamed of himself. He called himself out after the game. Uh, I mean, kudos to him for calling himself out, but uh, bad job, bad job by by uh, uh, Marcus Peters. Now um, number four goes to a guy, and I mean on paper. From a strictly statistical standpoint, he didn't have himself a horrendously bad game considering the defense he was going up against. I'm going to go with Matt Stafford. He went 20. Throw the damn ball. Yeah, 25 for 36, 199. And and a lot of people are getting this misconception that that the Lions' offensive line is just a, a mess and it's just horrible and whatever the case may be. I, I we have a guy and and. Um, He's a good friend of ours, this guy named Steve. Steve, at the beginning of the season, was hooting and hollering and yelling and screaming and bitching and moaning about, oh, well, the the Lions offensive line is horrible and they're a miserable offensive line and they can't block anything and they can't stop a nosebleed. No. Um, and then as soon as the 10 sacks happened, I got this message from him going, see, I told you the offensive line was terrible. And I went, wait a minute, Steve. Hang on a minute. I'm like, how long was Matt Stafford holding on to the football during that game? And and it's exactly what the Vikings players were saying. He can't hold on to the football that long. And even Josh says, like, you know, he, he wasn't yeah. holding, he, he hold on the ball too long. Yeah, and, and our, our buddy, you know, you know Josh, that, that comes on the show every now and then. Josh said, uh, we're big Madden geeks, and he's going, I'm pressing X, Matt, hit this, just throw the football, please. And he's like, I'm mashing the X button. Um, and, and, uh, I don't know. I don't understand why why Matt Stafford was holding on the ball too long. He got he was getting happy feet in the pocket. Uh, got blasted ten times. Couldn't get anything going on the field. Um, and then following it up with that uh, game changing uh, lateral with I think it was Carryon Johnson was not prepared for it. Um, he tosses it back. Running back fumbles. Daniel Hunter picks it up. Runs it back for the touchdown. Uh, horrible game by Matt Stafford. And a lot of people want me to call it the O line. I know, but I'm not. Uh, the offensive line, you know, this is a good offensive line. I'm not going to sit here and say that they're they're a Pro Bowl offensive line or anything. Go, like that. Going into this week, before the ten sacks, they were um, they gave up the a, least amount of sacks well, per offensive line. It's it, well, it's it's gone. It's not. It's it hasn't been there. They're still top five. They were they were the fifth lowest. Yeah, I mean, but they're so it's not. They're not. They weren't the best going into this week, but they've been inching down a little bit. They're still in the top five as defenses protecting the quarterback. Right. You, you can't. You can't, and even uh, even after the ten sacks, it was still like six. Yeah, you can't blame them for playing good football, for, and then having a, you know uh, a one week where the quarterback just won't throw the football. I watched Matt Stafford go through his progressions. Uh, I mean, three times at one point before Daniel Hunter came over and just railed him in the backfield. Matt Stafford needs to get rid of the football. I mean, and this is a guy that you've been paying buku dollars. At one point, he was the highest paid quarterback in the league. 
Um, and, and you, you know, you go into the first round and you draft the guy and, and that's, you expect him to be a franchise quarterback. Do I think Matt Stafford's a bad quarterback? No. Do I think he's a serviceable quarterback? Yes. Do I think Matt Stafford is holding onto the football too long in the backfield? Yes. Is that possibly something that comes with having no golden tape? Yes. I think that comes with it. Um, the Lions need to go into the draft and, and draft a new wide receiver, a new weapon that's going to get open over the middle in the slot. But, I mean, Matt Stafford, in the meantime, has to figure it out. You're a former first-round pick. You've been in this league for 10 years. Throw the football. Get it out of your hands. Quit getting hit. Quit staying so long in the pocket. Period. That's what it is. Um, now, number three, uh, this is a guy that, that we were talking about uh, quite a bit. Sam Darnold, 21 for 39, 229 yards, four picks. A QBR. I think I'll put him a little higher than three. It, it's possible, yes. A QBR of thirty-one point eight. Um, just a b- abysmal game, and a, a lot of it doesn't fall on Sam Darnold. I think I, I, you know, he he did have the four picks. A lot of it doesn't fall on Sam Darnold. And the reason a lot of it doesn't fall on on uh, Sam Darnold is because of the fact that he has no pieces. Uh, correct. I mean, yeah. you're talking your number one receiver is what Robbie Anderson, right? I mean, you you got to see like for example when when the Detroit Lions picked up Matt Stafford after going zero and sixteen. You know, we we they we, they he had one piece around him. He had Calvin Johnson. He had one piece. And no running backs. No running backs. Who was running no. back at that time? Was that Javid Best or was, it, was that was that before Javid Best's time? It was before what was a Ricky Ricky. Jones, Ricky. We'll look it up later. Yeah, but um, I mean, really, Sam Darnold. I mean, it's a similar thing. When when Stafford got drafted, got drafted, he had no pieces and he struggled. Uh, Same goes with Sam Darnold. He's got no pieces. The Jets had a big fire sale. They got rid of a lot of folks. They just let a lot of people walk out the door in the offseason. A lot of big weapons. Robbie Anderson's his number one. Quincy Anunwa's coming off an injury. I, I mean, they they need. Offensive linemen, they need a defense for Christ's sake, and and they they need to to you know start and, and kind of getting Anun it together. Was kind of showing to me that he's good when he has um great receivers ahead of him. He's not a good one; he's a good three because he had a great season when he had Decker and Marshall ahead of him. Right. But since they both went out the door, Anunwa's been a bit on the downward spiral. Yeah, and and I mean. The Jets, I mean, they, they, they need a few pieces in the defensive uh, book. Right now they're ranked 14 overall defense. Um, but but they've got to do something to uh, get him some more pieces, get him, uh, uh, you know, an, an offensive line, get him maybe a tight end that can do something. I, it would be, be kind of nice to have those, those pieces in, in New York there. So uh, Sam Darnold continues to struggle. Um, number two goes to Nate Peterman, 31 for 49, 188, three, t- uh, three interceptions. Now, you are uh, believing that Darnold and him should be switched, but there's a stat here that, that kind of caught my eye. I- I'm going to throw it at you, too, that, that the reason why I wanted him to switch, but you go ahead and go first. Okay, the, the reason why I've, I've got Nate Peterman here, 188 yards on 49 attempts. That That's was a very good point. That was the big one, is, is he had 49 attempts. Um, Nate Peterman, you know, throwing the ball around like a madman. Realistically, what's sad about this game is that it's probably one of Nate Peterman's best games. I don't know about that. He's but... he's literally, quite literally, <laughs> had the worst start for any starting quarterback in the history of football. 
Terrible. He, he, terrible, he's, terrible, terrible, terrible. I mean, he, he really, it's it's awful. Um, the reason I put I wanted him under Darnold is because he did have a decent run attack and they get in the end zone there. I, I thought that was enough to put him as a better performance than Darnold, but I, you're, you're talking about rotten eggs and rotten apples. I mean, right, just, uh, right. I, I mean, it's just, it's just smelly dumpster fire garbage at this point. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I just, I don't buy Nate Peterman. I don't understand why the Bills keep putting him in the football game. I, I don't get it. Um, Sam Bradford's out there, guys. Go, go get him. Um, and uh, last but not least, number one goes to the Oakland Raiders. Um, just miserable. Three points. Three, they put up three points against a not great 49ers defense. And uh, as far as the Raiders' defense, uh, Mullins who? Yeah. Um, third stringer comes in um, in for uh, uh, um, Bethard and lights the Raiders up. Yep, I and mean, takes them to one and seven. Um, they, they gave up 262 and three touchdowns to Nick Mullins, for Christ's sake. Uh, Raheem Mostert had had seven carries for 86 yards. Matt Breda, 12 for 44. George Kittle, Toria Park, Pierre Garçon, Toria Park, Richie James. I mean, this Nick Mullins character comes walking off the field. Nobody knows who the hell he is. He could be providing some sort of weird spark for the 49ers. I'm not even sure half the Niners team knew who he was. No, and, and the guy's an undrafted dude. He he just – I I – I don't get it. They're calling him Moon Man Mullins at this point. <laughs> I mean, it, it's just um, just confusing. Um, and and I just a, a terrible game for the Raiders. Yeah. Um, worst of the season. I mean, on an already bad year. Yeah, I, um, I don't. I don't get it. And and I I know that the Raven or the Ravens, the Raiders, the Raiders defense is already kind of in shambles with Khalil Mack going out the door. And and I know that the offense is in shambles with Amari Cooper going out the door. And uh, I'm, I'm going to throw I'm going to pull one of our uh, wrong league topics into this before we're going to break that's relevant. And and how does the Raiders respond with their loss? Oh, we're going to cut Bruce Irvin. Yeah, they go and cut <laughs> Bruce Irvin. Um, and and uh, they I, I don't and you know you know John Gruden is sitting there going you know what this team needs <laughs> an all pro defensive end you know like. I, I don't I don't get it. Like we just can't stop the run anymore. Yeah, I I I don't understand it. It just becomes a, a, an absolute mess over there in Oakland. Some you know more. what this team really needs is not, uh, not lunatic head coach. Yeah, the the guy's a loony. You know he is at this point. I mean I I don't understand. Uh, Bruce Irvin in in turn, uh, and that's first of all that's it for for Freytown's forgetful five. Uh, Bruce Irvin in turn though did go and sign on with the Atlanta Falcons one point five million. Um, Good to finish pick up, up the year. What were we just talking about? Falcons needed defense boost, yep. and they got it. And it seems like this is the second move that the the Falcons have have made to go and and pick up, um, you know, a, a defensive player. I don't know if you've noticed that they went and picked up a safety a few weeks ago. Now they're going yep. picking up a defensive end. You know, it's it, it they're they're starting to try and put some sort of semblance of a defense together to try and get their season back on track. I think the Falcons realize it's not over for them yet. They're four and four. They got a lot of tread left on the tires. They got a lot of uh, leeway here, and at four and four, it makes for an exciting time for them. They just went out and, and dominated the Washington Redskins, who had a very highly ranked defense. Um, so this could wind up being an okay thing. Um, as, so I, I mean, he goes and gets signed, and it's a good contract. It's not like they're paying an arm and a leg. They're paying him one point five. Bruce Irvin's definitely worth one point five. For the Raiders, I think John Gruden's a whack job. 
Um, I think he's going to continue being a whack job, and, and you know, you got to get something spectacular going from there. On the other side of the, the coin, on the, on the flip side, Nick Mullins is set to start for the 49ers against the New York Giants this upcoming week, coming off of his big uh, game. Um, and the 49ers did wave Tom Savage this week as a backup quarterback. Um, so now, is, is Bethard healthy? I don't know if Bethard is healthy. I don't think he is. Because um, I'm not going to completely shit on him either, because um, up to this point, Bethard was playing good ball too. Yeah. Um, not, not to take away from him, but, but Mullins coming out of nowhere. Um, I, I, I think Mullins is the better guy, but, but Bethard was, play, was playing serviceable ball. Do you think that we have, I mean, you know, 50% completion percentages, 55%, 60 He was gradually declining. He had the one big game against Packers where he had a 115 rating. Um, Bethard is, is not going to start. I, I think he's around. Um, I think he's he's still I think he's actually healthy at this point. Um, so Mullins is getting the start over Bethard. I don't blame them for starting Mullins over over Bethard after the game that Mullins had and the way he was playing. Um, he you know and I'm not going to sit here and say Mullins was was a great quarterback. What I am going to say is that Mullins um, it was a good clock manager. He played good ball. He threw accurate passes. I, I like what I saw. I like what I saw out of Nick Mullins and and. Um, I'm glad he's going to be starting for for the 49ers. I think he's he's just something really just to behold. When's the last time I mean that you saw a guy undrafted like that just come out firing? Warner, maybe. <laughs> you know, I mean, really. I mean, Warner. I, I mean, he he wasn't drafted. He played arena. Got pulled in. Kurt Warner. I I don't think he was drafted. I don't believe Kurt Warner was drafted. Um. This is it's kind of exciting. Um, yeah, he was an undrafted free agent in '94. I, I mean, well, that's the la well. The last one was a. Uh, I, I have a list here. Go on. I was, was up. Um, here's top ten um, quarterbacks undrafted. Oh boy, Warren Moon at one. Warren Moon. Wow, there's a name I haven't heard in a minute. Yeah, that guy was a monster. Kurt Warner at two. Yep. Uh, Dave Craig. Oh wow, Dave Craig, J Jeff Garcia. Yeah, then Jeff Garcia had an okay career. Okay, here's the, this one's the most recent. Tony Romo was Romo undrafted. Yes, he was. I forgot what Romo was undrafted. So we had that'd be the most recent. Wow, Jake Delhomme. Yeah, Jake Delhomme. He did go to a He's Super okay. Bowl. Okay, he did go to a Super Bowl. Yeah, Jim Hart, John Kitna. Which, wow, uh, he was I mean, okay. Yeah, he was okay. I mean, he was a serviceable backup. Yeah. Serviceable backup. Eric Kramer. Wow. Wow, really? Kramer. Mm -hmm. wow. And Mike Tomzik. Oh, Tomzik, yep. So, I mean, so, you know. Yeah, so, Romy, the most recent, um, obviously, Kurt Warner being the most successful. Yeah, of the bunch there. Uh, I mean, I mean, we, Warner goes from bagging groceries to to being uh, uh, the NFL quarterback with the, one of the biggest contracts you've ever seen in your entire life. Um, so, really, I mean, is uh, – uh, Nick Mullins, the second coming of Kurt Warner. I'm not going to go that far. Are you? Excited? Do you think he's going to wind up being that way? No, I don't. But come on, give me bold predictions, Tyler. I I think he had a good game. I I think he's going to fizzle. Really? Um, I, like I think of the game like Packers versus um Lions a few years back. Well, it was more than a few years back, probably about five six years ago when uh when uh Rodgers went down. Out comes Matt Flynn and lights the Lions <laughs> up. And Seattle's oh, that's our quarterback. And then come draft time, they pick up Russell Wilson, and uh, Russell Wilson uh, 
beats I'll him out of job, yep. and then the rest is history. Now uh, I'm going to make a bold prediction right here, and I'm going to I'm probably going to be wrong. I, I will be wrong probably, but I'm, I'm about. 10% sure, uh, sure that I'll be right in this Let me guess. You're going to say he's going to go and beat Tom Brady's touch, uh, Super Bowl record. Nick, No, but I am <laughs> going to say Nick Mullins will be a monster quarterback in this league in the coming decade. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. If, I, if I'm wrong, you know, to hell with me. I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm going to be wrong. Yeah, just keep but in I mind just, that I just want to make a ballsy prediction. They got they got a uh, hefty lump sum of money wrapped in Jimmy into Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo. So yeah. I mean, that's going to be their guy. Well, and, and that's going to be the question. Is Jimmy Garoppolo going to be Jimmy Garoppolo from the first eight games this year or the first six games this year or wherever, however long he was in? Is Jimmy Garoppolo going to be that guy for those first couple of games? Or is he going to be the Jimmy Garoppolo we saw for the last eight games last year that lit the world on fire? Who knows? Jimmy Garoppolo did not perform well this year. No. And, and so if Nick Mullins is performing better than Jimmy G., you might see Nick Mullins starting for this football team. You could. That's scary, isn't it? I mean, so uh, that that could be a thing. Um, so uh, we we had a few other signings go on, and and I wanna I wanna talk about those signings real quick. Or well, we really had one other, well, two signings go on. Um, Amir Abdullah got waived this week by the uh, the Detroit Football Lighthouse. He's in the back end of his rookie contract. Yep, got signed by the Vikings. He's got four hundred and thirteen k coming to him. Vikings pick him up out of waivers. Um, how much does this benefit the Vikings at this point with uh, the injuries that came to Cook and the the oh, a really good play of, of uh, Latavius Murray? I know Amir Abdullah had something of a football or a fumbling problem. Same time, Amir Abdullah is a fast guy, good catching out of the backfield. I don't, I don't think it's going to make that big of a difference. I, I think they have a great one-two punch at running back as is. And yes, you have the Cook injury woes continuing. Well, I mean, and he came back this past week and had himself a pretty good game. Yeah, but he's, I, I, I don't, I wouldn't surprise me if he got injured again. He's, right. Injuries plagued him so far. I don't, I don't see Abdullah making a big difference. Uh, that's just me. But, I, I don't either. But, but I mean, they're, they're not paying him too much. So if it doesn't work out, oh, well, but I, I, I think it was worth grabbing him to see what happens. Yeah. Just see what happens. And I mean, the, the guys they had were guys like Rock Thomas, you know, in their third string, Rock Thomas isn't anything spectacular. Um, so, so it could be uh, really, really good to see uh, a guy like um, a guy like uh, Amir Abdullah kind of come out as a change of pace back and do what he does. I, I like uh, this this pickup. I think it was smart. Lions in turn go out and sign Bruce Ellington um, as their their new receiver. Um, I don't know what they're looking to accomplish here. They don't need him. <laughs> they don't. They have plenty of depth as is. I mean, you keep using Kerryon Johnson. Theo Riddick is, is your change of pace guy, and they, they have one more. Don't the, they? I, if if they're thinking, they have and, Marvin and, Jones. And, well, no, Marvin was receiver, and they have a. Oh, you're talking about the bag. Blunt. Well, no, Bruce Ellington is the wide receiver. Bruce Ellington's a running back. No. The receiver now, because he started his career as a running back. No, you're taking thinking of Andre Ellington. Ah. <laughs> Bruce Ellington is a receiver. They go and pick up a, a receiver. Um. They're they're looking for him to to replace um, Golden Tate, which I I, I don't think not that's, a one for one um, replacement. There. No, Bruce Ellington has not had a good career. <laughs> like let's just face it, he's had a very iffy career. He was not good in San Francisco. I I mean, you really think this guy is going to replace Golden Tate? I, I mean, are they high? Where's Eric Decker? <laughs> yeah, Eric Decker. There's there's good receivers out there. I don't understand why. The, I mean, I, I do and I don't. Lions have the cap space. They should be making the move. They're not making the move. This is a bad idea. 
It's a bad idea. I don't I don't get it. And and maybe this is just that. Oh, I mean, are we going to chalk it up to the Patriot way? Is that a, that the plan? Chalk it up to the the New England Patriot way. Yeah, create, that's create no names. Yeah, create no names. That's that's exactly what we're going to do. Bruce Ellington is going to be the the second coming of of Julian Edelman. <laughs> but I, it just it makes no sense to me. Um, I, I didn't like, uh, if I'm a Lions fan, I don't like this move. I think it's a waste of time. I mean, I know Lions fans are, oh, well, you know, they, they, I, I heard it all week. Oh, well, maybe your Vikings will go out there and they can experience Amir Abdullah's fumbling problem. <laughs> well, you Abdullah's have, not going to get the ball. Well, you have fun with, uh, Bruce Ellington and his non-productive time there in Detroit. I'm going to laugh when Bruce Ellington winds up with there with 20 yards on the season, if that. And and you guys are going, oh, why, are we, why weren't we successful? <laughs> and I hope Amir Abdullah, when he comes into Detroit, I hope Amir Abdullah on December 23rd lights you guys on fire. That's what I hope happens. So, um, and uh, speaking of the Lions, last but not least, the Lions, in turn, after the the game after the Vi- against the Vikings and after the Vikings blew them up for ten sacks, they fired their special teams coordinator. Someone explain this to me. I don't know. I don't, I don't have an explanation. That you fire your special teams coordinator after your offensive coordinator got lit on fire by the Minnesota front four. After your quarterback got beat to high heaven by the Minnesota defensive front four, you're going to talk to me about your special teams. That's what your concern is in Detroit, the special teams. Come on now. Come on now. Did, did somebody – I mean, is 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 the guy high? Could be. I, I mean, is he – is Matt Patricia losing – when, when did this happen? This week. Do you know when was it? Was it before? It was. It was the day after the Vikings game. Oh darn! I was hoping it was. It was Tuesday, the day after Wednesday, the day after um, pot became legal. So maybe we'd have an explanation. No, yeah, <laughs> we could at that point. It was um, too early. Time doesn't work. I, I I don't get it. I they, they drop Abdullah two days later. He's picked up by the Vikings. They go and they fire their special teams coordinator. And and I mean, like your special teams coordinator is not the problem. I don't get it. No, he's, not he's not the problem. Your your problem is your offense. They haven't, your give, offense. haven't given up any uh, uh, pun or kick returns. Yeah, like your offense is offensive. That's what it is. Your your offense is offensive. Really? <laughs> yeah, it is, and not in the good way. I mean, it was just it was just a bad bad showing by the Lions. Jim Bob Cooter should be ashamed of himself. Um, and and this is. One of several occasions where Jim Bob Cooter and the offense has become very predictable over there in Detroit. I, I think, you know, the, the Vikings have, you know, their, their defense just had their number just ripped into them. It wasn't until late in the game that, that Matt Stafford started moving the football a little bit, started making those short passes. Um, we didn't see it till late. I, I don't I don't understand the moves. And, and sometimes, you know, Bob Quinn will do something that makes you go, ooh, ah, wow, look at look at that great move. We picked up Snacks Harrison. Oh, we're all excited. And then the next thing you know, he fires his, his special teams coordinator for no reason at all. I, I don't I don't understand where they, they realize that that's the problem. I, I don't agree. get it. I don't get it. So, but with that, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to go ahead and take a quick break. Uh, we're going to get a word from our sponsors, and then we will be right back with a little bit more around the league. We got some predictions. We got uh, 
some fun stuff going on here. So uh, we'll be right back right here on the Outside Blitz. At It's Your Time Massage, you get all the benefits of one of the larger massage chain parlors, but in a more intimate and personal setting. With four years' experience, massage therapist and owner Amanda Yata's goal is to help people in a natural way, offering Swedish deep tissue, pregnancy, aromatherapy, and sports massages. You will feel better and have more energy in just one hour. It's Your Time Massage is offered in-home, Amanda's or yours. With the rates ranging from $55 to $130, you get professional quality at an affordable rate. Contact Amanda today at 313-686-4347 or online at iytmassage.com. It's Your Time Massage, a natural way to improve your well-being. And welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Outside Blitz. I am your host, the fabulous one, Scotty Freytown, sitting here with uh, the um, disappointing Tyler Dean. I, I don't know. Tyler, so I, I am a craft beer geek. Tyler became a craft beer geek. And as I sit here right now, Tyler is drinking a Budweiser. Hey. I gotta keep it light. I'm, no, I'm still, I'm still recovering. Oh god, he's drinking. I just got done telling him he's drinking toilet water. Basically, this is awful, and I'm disappointed. And um, you should be ashamed of yourself. I get over it. Yeah, you should be ashamed. Be ashamed, Tyler. I'm not for shame. Um, so we we got a little bit more stuff around the league. We're gonna go over our um, a, our uh, week eight. Uh, playoff. Really, week nine, but we did yeah. it this week to make sure every team got through eight games. Yeah, yeah. So our our eight-week playoff predictions, um, you know, midway point. We wanted to see uh, where, where we had everybody going, where we had the standings going. Um, and, uh, yeah, we're, we're going to go over that. We're going to go over our, our predictions for this upcoming week, and uh, we're going to get ready to rock and roll here. So uh, with that, Tyler, um, let's talk a little bit more. We, we So we'll, we'll start with the Jets camp here. Um, we got some stuff going on over there. Uh, Sam Darnold um, out with a foot, foot injury, replaced by Josh McCown. Um, is this a positive thing or a bad thing for the Jets at this point? Because, frankly, I'm not sure. I don't know either. Yeah, I don't know. Darnold's having a rough go at things this year. Yeah, I mean. As expected. And the Jets have a lot of pieces missing. Josh McCown is this weird entity that seems to show up. It's like a job stealer. That's kind of what he is. He, he showed up when Jay Cutler was in, in dire straits, stole the job. I mean, and that's that's what Josh McCown does. He does just well enough to take that starting position away. And and McCown, you know, we we forget Josh McCown is an older guy. He's thirty four, thirty five. Yeah, he's he's an older guy. So I mean, to me, I, I mean, he's that douchebag who comes in and starts flirting with your girlfriend. Yeah, that's kind of what he is. That's exactly what McCown is. And and uh, you know, I. I'm kind of sad uh, to see Darnold. Uh, I'm sad to see Darnold struggling the way he is, but I, I'm not surprised because the Jets don't really have a whole lot of pieces. I feel like he'd be doing a lot better in Cleveland right now, to be perfectly honest with you. But I, you know, Baker Mayfield is having his run of luck over there. Um, or maybe it's skill. Time it, will tell. Yeah, time will tell. I, I, I feel like we, we're going to find out in the next few seasons once they start getting a few more pieces for the Jets over there. But right now, is is Josh McCown going to? Going to set the world ablaze this upcoming week, Tyler. No, I no. I mean, he could he could have a good game, but he. I mean, it'd be a foolish thing to say that he's going to be the um, future starter of that team. He's thirty five years old. They have a young rookie that they're going to give time. Yeah. Um, this so is, this isn't a long term solution. This is just the guy's hurt. Yeah. So um, other injuries around the league. We we did get to see uh, Paul Richardson goes out for the season with an AC joint uh, injury. Um, that's a nasty shoulder injury. I've had one of those separated AC joint. Not fun. 
Um, Sean Laval out for the season with a torn ACL offensive guard there, as well as Brandon Scherf goes out with a torn pectoral for the Skins. It's kind of a big hit. That is a big hit. Um, he he's one of their their big pieces over there in Washington. Um, could cause a lot of problems um, over there. Also uh, placed on IR the the great Kyle Long for the Bears um, out for the season. Um, that that's even an even bigger hit, I think, for for any team. Brandon Scherf was is a good player. He's always been a good player, but you, you get a guy like Kyle Long going down for I mean, that that's going to blast. Chicago right there um and and for me I'm I'm happy about it <laughs> I mean I'm I'm happy about it as a Vikings fan but um you know he he's gonna gonna um be sorely missed over there in Chicago also Geronimo Allison hits IR this week uh for the Green Bay Packers he's been having a fairly good year yeah he, it was a you know the last couple of weeks he's been out and they they weren't sure if they were going to keep him around or if they were going to put him on IR or whatever the case may be uh, they decided that they're going to uh, wind up sticking him on IR. Um, yeah, the and and uh, you know he's he he's a good young receiver. He's going to do amazing things in this league. Uh, Adams has stepped up as kind of the number one over there. Randall Cobb hasn't been around. Uh, Geronimo Allison, I think, and and Devontae Adams are going to wind up being the two big names over there um, in in Green Bay once uh, the end of the season comes. Yeah, and and Randall Cobb. He's a good receiver, but I, I could have told you from day one he wasn't going to be a number one. Adams has become the deep ball threat. Geronimo Allison is getting ready to become the the over-the-middle guy. He's going to become the chain mover. Um, and, and we're going to see an influx of nice, quick, young receivers with sure hands. And speaking of Green Bay, as I kind of predicted, is uh, Rodgers is not a guy who uses his tight end very much. And nope. Jimmy G's not performing no his his numbers have suffered and they, they've suffered ever since really he let he the, left New Orleans uh he, he wasn't really that great in Seattle he wasn't really that great in Green Bay uh they picked up a tight end they thought he was going to use him as a weapon they haven't um it's been something interesting there to to see that all go on um I, I you know where he should go um what team um weirdly enough uses tight ends well New England well New England for one they got Gronk but he do he do really really well in New England but Cleveland, yeah, Cleveland utilizes tight ends well. Yeah, and Joku is. They've had is, a weird history of finding these uh, guys um, in the rough that haven't had great careers. On like your um, oh shoot, um, Cameron Jordan mm-hmm. and uh, guy they just had uh, shoot, what was his name? Oh, I forget his name. He was a nobody. Yeah, but he's like thirty some years old. Yeah. You've never even heard from him before. And all of a sudden, like firing. It's like, oh, who's this, this young kid? Oh, you're not no kid. Yeah, he, you've been around for a long time. Um, so, so we've we've got that going on. Also, uh, Sammy Watkins injured his foot uh, this past week. Um, he'll be he could miss against the Cardinals. We're we're kind of waiting. That's going to be kind of hit or miss. Sammy Watkins has been hit or miss this year. Did a couple good games, but he's not incredibly. Uh, he's had one good game. Needed. Yeah, right he, he's. He's had one good game. Uh, it was it was a fun one to watch, but you know you never really know um, uh, what's going to happen when it comes to uh, Sammy Watkins out there in Kansas City. Also, Akib Talib uh, coming. He's not off of his injury yet, but he says he's looking to come back after Thanksgiving. Um, that could be a, a huge coup for the Rams. Because when he went out, it was about the time that things started to uh, to topple on. Yeah, I, I don't want to say unravel because they're still playing at a at a good level, but the, the defense has not been a, not been what we expected. No. 
I mean, they, they, they haven't played, you know, where we thought they were going to play. And maybe it's maybe it's partly lacking a, a veteran leader there in, in, in Tlaib. And, I mean, yeah, Donald's great, but he's still young. He's not, like, the veteran leader of that team. He will be. But, but. The, the big thing that the reason that, that the Rams get scored on so much right now is the passing game. Their running game is n- no team has run all over them. I mean, this past week, Alvin Kamara was the, the really the first running back to really just tear him up. Yeah. I mean, that's that's really what it's been. So Kamara comes out, tears him up. I mean, Aaron Donald's been very, very good in the pass rush. Uh, and Dominican Sue's been a great space eater. They have a great line there, and they have really good linebackers as well. But they're what they're missing right now is a significant corner right now outside of Marcus Peters. And, and Nickel Robbie Coleman, Marcus Peters, has a rough game, gets lit up by Michael Thomas. I mean, maybe they need a keep to lead. Maybe they need him around to, to really, you know, bolster that secondary. And, and they have those three big corners, and that's the kind of create that uh, uh, Seattle-style no-fly zone that, that Seattle had all those years ago. Yeah, I agree. So, I mean, it, and when it comes to the Rams, um, they, they're – I mean – they're, they're going to have their work cut out for them in a couple games this year, especially when they, they go up against uh, the old Kansas City Chiefs there, speaking of that secondary. Um, now, we also had uh, another injury. Darren Sproles reaggravates his hamstring in practice. Um, he could be out longer um, with that injury. He heard it earlier on in the year. Now he's looking like he could be out, uh, uh, I mean, a significant amount of time. Um, how big of a hit is this to the Philadelphia Eagles who are trying to hold on desperately to playoff hopes? I don't know that it is. I mean, Sproles, even last year, wasn't a significant piece to this offense. I mean, he's helping, but, he, but I don't. I, I think they've kind of moved on past him in a way. In a way, I mean, <coughs> like, mixing Darren, the Darren um, Sproles is that change of pace back yeah. that they need on that team. But I think you got you got on um, Smallwood is kind of coming in and kind of filling that void as well. Yeah, Wendell Smallwood is the is the kind of guy that that has always been there. When Wendell Smallwood stepped in a few years ago, he put up good numbers. Um, and, and out of the backfield, I, I think Wendell Smallwood could fill that role, but I don't think he's Darren Sproles. I agree. And, and Darren Sproles is the kind of guy, uh, he's a veteran guy. He's going to be seeing his way out in the next couple of years. I, I feel bad that Darren Sproles is hurt. Um, I, I feel like Darren Sproles is very capable. Um, yeah, it, it's going to be a, a, a hard hit for, for the Philadelphia Eagles. And, and I think that it, this could very well affect their playoff aspirations moving forward, especially with how well Washington has been playing with the exception of this past week. So, um, and, and, uh, so speaking of injuries, so an injury occurred a few years ago. Um, Sharif Floyd got hurt. He hurt his knee. Uh, I think it was his knee. He went and had, uh, his, uh, surgery, and in the middle of that surgery, James Andrews, um, Dr. James Andrews, one of the best surgeons in the world, uh, basically there were complications with the surgery, made it so Sharif Floyd could not play football any longer. Um, kind of a sad story because Sharif Floyd is a, I mean, he was a great defensive tackle. He's number one guy, number uh, first round guy. Um, do you feel that? This is merited at this point. Uh, I'm I'm gonna say no. Um, whenever you go into a surgery, um, it, it, there's a note that um something beyond anyone's control could happen. Right. 
I mean, I, I had to sign a bunch of stuff even for my minor procedure. You go in with with the, the risk of it, you're having an open surgery on something, whether it's anything as simple as mine to an open heart surgery. Right. Something, in, in, everything between. Something could go wrong, and you kind of accept those risks going into a surgery, in my opinion. Yeah, and... Um... So I mean the the lawsuit is 180 million dollars. Um, now I believe I even though I believe that he's not warranted, I believe there's going to be a, some sort of settlement in this, and he'll get something. Yep, he he suffered permanent nerve and muscle damage following his knee procedure that was back in 2016. Um, you know, and and uh, he's got his his lawyer out there, uh, and and his lawyer says if you break something, you pay for it. And this lawsuit seeks to hold the parties responsible who alleged to have done so. This guy went in for a routine knee scope and left without his incredibly lucrative career. Um, $180 million. Uh, and and uh, he said Floyd was told he needed arthroscopic knee surgery, that he'd be out for three or four weeks. Instead, he underwent more, a more significant procedure and suffered permanent nerve and muscle damage in his right leg that his lawyers believe was the result of negligently administered pain blocker by the Andrews Institute. That according to NFL.com. So, uh, you know, he, he was the number three, 23 overall pick, um, limited to one game in 2016, didn't play in 2017. The Vikings didn't re-sign him. He loses his career. The guy's only 26 years old. Uh, now I think he's 27. It, how, uh, I mean, do you think, I, I mean, I understand you're going for the risk. I understand you, you have the risk of, of being, having something go awry during surgery. I get that. Um, my problem comes in here where this was a knee scope. This this wasn't like some some significant. Hey, I'm slicing your whole leg open and repairing your ACL. That, that, or whatever. That, that's very true. And 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 I, and I definitely see that perspective. Yes, and and so I I get why he's he's suing him. Sherry Floyd should have been a huge piece of the Minnesota Vikings defensive line, um, and and he would have been uh, moving forward. And, and I mean, really, if, if he wins his lawsuit, I mean, shoot, if I'm the Vikings, I should be looking over at them going, Hey, you know, this is a guy I could have had, you know, I'd be pretty mad myself if I were them. Um, so Sharif Floyd, he'll, he'll be suing, suing James Andrews. We'll, we'll kind of keep, uh, keep a look on a lookout on that one. Um, so now we have, uh, a few interesting things going on. Um, so the Dolphins, we're fined over at Miami here. Uh, the Dolphins were fined thirty thousand dollars for listing Ryan Tannehill as um, a full participant in practice when he was limited in practice. Um, is this a cash grab by the NFL? It definitely is. Uh, a few years ago, I remember um, it happened a couple occasions. And, and well, it happened this year when they didn't, when the Raiders didn't demote a guy from from questionable to doubtful or whatever. Yeah, some years ago. Uh, um, Ravens got fined for Ed. There's a there's a discrepancy in Ed Reed's status. Yep. And then a couple years ago, I don't know if you remember, there was a uh, the NFL deemed there was a misread between what the injury report said and, and what the New England Patriots um, claimed was the injury status. Right. And they got they got fined for it. And the next week, because they, they basically got same thing. They got they got fined for fraudulent um, announcing of injuries. Yep. The next week, um, when New England's injury report came out. They had 48 injuries listed. <laughs> oh boy! Like, 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 there was basically a big FU NFL saying, "Oh, you you want you want to know every little every injury, right?" Yep. So I was like, "Oh, so and so's um he's he's dealing with a uh, fingernail um ingrown fingernail, so he's he's hurt a little this morning." <laughs> it's it kind of like a 
okay, this is what you want? F yeah. you. They did this for three weeks. Yeah. Eventually the NFL said, please stop. <laughs> it, was, it was honestly hilarious. <laughs> so um, there's that and also more news out of Miami. So, And I don't know how to take this one. So Dolphin safety Rashad Jones benches himself in the game against the Jets saying he's underperforming. Um, Minka Fitzpatrick, the number one pick or the or the first round pick, goes goes out and takes his spot and and plays. The fact that Mika, well, first off, let me start by saying the fact that a great safety like Minka Fitzpatrick is not on the field is mind boggling to me. We'll start there. Um, the second thing is Rashad Jones. Um, I mean, is this similar to to quitting at halftime here, or is that what we're we're looking at? At least he didn't retire at halftime. Yeah, <laughs> that's. I, I don't uh, he goes and he he benches himself says he's not playing at, at the proper level. I, don't I think it's different than the other one though because at least he's he's kind of benching himself on and like you know what I feel like we need to bench myself to win kind of in a way. Yeah, in a way. I mean, well, you got to that's a thing. Like we that's what the they said in Buffalo for a brief minute there. You know that's what was said, but uh, realistically, you know what what was said and what we know was the case. I mean, it was a completely different story. I mean, we they went and said, "Oh yeah, I, I quit it. I went and retired at halftime, and uh, you know, I, I didn't feel like I was giving our team a great chance to win." Now he, he goes and he sits down at at half. But we we all knew it was like in Buffalo they were quitting. But in Miami here, it's kind of a different story. I'm you know benching myself so we can win the football game. I feel like it's two different things. You're absolutely right. But um, I, I got to tell you, I I still am not a fan of it. I think it's kind of a joke. I feel like take your licks, play on the field, play the game, be on the game. I agree. You know, I, I, I don't get it. I, I feel like you should just nut up here. Um, uh, other news out of – we had Jason Kelsey. Call, he called the Cowboys fans fair weather this week. Uh, Jason Kelsey, do, are the Cowboys fans fair weather? Certain ones, maybe. I think that could be the case really on any team. Right, that's what I'm saying. I think it should be for any football team in the NFL. I mean, the Cowboys, are they? Are I mean, I feel like a lot of Cowboys fans are fair weather, though. I mean, really. Cowboys fans, I mean, we see we see every, every, I, I, and I, this is where I'll give these fans credit for the first time. You'll ever hear this and after this, we'll go sprinkle rock salt on, on all the places where hell just froze over. But <laughs> Detroit Lions fans are some of the most loyal freaking fans I have ever seen in the history of the NFL. Cleveland, too. Cleveland, yeah. yeah. And Cleveland sells out their games every week despite the win problem they've had. Yes. The only time I've seen the Lions, you know, really do poorly was when they went 0-16 and they got blacked out because nobody came. I mean, really, and that's it. That's remember that. Yeah, and and that was the only time I remember the Lions fans not showing up to a football game, and I think Cleveland's had that before in the past as well. I mean, the the Lions fans will always show up and support their team, though, and I mean, as long as their team is putting up at least five wins a game or five wins a year, or four wins a year, Lions fans seem to just pop up. Dallas Cowboys fans, I don't know about all that. I don't know. I feel like like they're kind of the Ohio State where they they get on there, and even Ohio State could go one and eleven, and every one of them goes, "I'm from the Ohio State University," you know. <laughs> but at the end of the day, you know, nobody gives a crap, you know. Like, I uh, really you you messing with your ice pack some more? No, I I don't I, got, I don't got the ice pack right now. Just um, 
It's watery. There's a little. <laughs> I'm hurting a little bit. Yeah. Oh boy. But you know that's that's kind of what we're looking at there is is they're always like oh from the Ohio State University and like like I feel like people are proud of their history, but at the same time they're not real proud of the Dallas Cowboys right now. So that's why I feel like like Kelsey may very well be right. They they, they might be fair weather fans. I don't I don't think they're necessarily wrong, and he's necessarily wrong in that situation. Yeah, they they might be a I little fair it. weather. Yeah. Um. So also out of uh, that division there. Saquon Barkley says, I want to be better than Todd Gurley. Can you do you think that'll happen or can happen? Oh, I think it can happen. I Barkley's playing at a very high level. Yeah. Uh Barkley, I mean, he's probably one of the most exciting guys to come out of the NFL draft this year. Um he's he's played at a high level. He hasn't I don't I don't I feel he's slightly underperformed, but he's still been pretty damn good this year. It's his rookie season. He's only gonna get better from here, in my right. opinion. Yeah. And and he's he's been pretty exciting. Todd Gurley, um, obviously, the, I mean, he's the best runner in the league right now. Can, can can anybody hold a candle to Todd Gurley for the next ten years? Does Ezekiel Elliott come out of the woodwork? Does does um, I think I think Kamara's in that conversation. Yeah, does Kamara come out of the woodwork? I mean, we're seeing this new draft, this class of running backs coming out. These young guys that are coming out at running back, are they going to blow up? Are we going to see the the next coming of of Zeke? Here, I mean, remember when Zeke in his in his rookie year blew up? Um, do you think that that Saquon is going to be one of the next big fakes as far as running backs? I, I think he will be. Yeah, and and I I'm kind of with you there. I think he's he's going to be something really really special um, as long as the the Giants get themselves an offensive line. Yeah, I'm gonna throw. <laughs> when we're talking running backs. I'm gonna throw throw some numbers out for you. Oh boy, I'm gonna throw five numbers out there. Oh god, 23, 24, 24, 24, and 33. Any idea those numbers might be mean? Are they the ages of the top five running backs? Yes, in the they league? are. <laughs> Do you know who 33 is? Is it Adrian Peterson? Yes, it is. Oh, Lord. So, I got it right here. Those are your top five runners. Gurley, keep in mind, this has nothing to do with you know, no receiving yards here. Pure rushing. Keeping in mind, Gurley has had one more game than some of these guys. Mm-hmm. But even still, Gurley's tearing it up. Yes. Um. So is James Conner. And, and the five here are Gurley, Conner, Hunt, Elliott, and, P- and Peterson. Um, those Connor Hunt and Elliott, well, and Gurley, Gurley's 24. They're all in, in the lower half of the 20s still, and they're yep. tearing it up. But I'm going to I'm gonna give props to Mr. Adrian Peterson. For keeping up with the young boys. 33 years old. He's at 604 yards. I mean, he is significantly behind Gurley and Connor, but he's keeping up there right there with uh, Hunt and Elliott. Yeah, and, and that's, uh, I think, a testament to, number one, how good the Redskins' schemes are. And I, I think um, I think that's a testament to Adrian Peterson and the way he's running and, and his capabilities as a running back, uh, even at his age. So, I mean, kudos to Adrian Peterson. And, and you know, this this new class of running backs is is uh, something to behold. I'm, I'm pretty excited to see what comes. Um, speaking of older classes of running backs, Chris Johnson uh, goes, ahead and, goes ahead and retires uh, after 10 seasons in the NFL. He, his biggest season coming after he, he broke that 2,000-yard marker. Um, I remember that one very clearly because I whole, had him in fantasy. The whole world thought he was going to be the, the next, next, big thing. Uh, next Barry Sanders. And, uh, yeah, that next season he went downward, didn't he? Yep, I think yep. he got to his head. Yep. Um, and and CJ2K goes out and retires after that one big season. Um, I started calling him uh, CJ.2K. Yeah, well, he, he, I mean, I, I loved having him for that one season. It was something to behold, that 2,000-plus yard season. Um, yeah, Chris Johnson just 
comes out firing on all cylinders. Um, so, I mean, I, um, you know, hell of a career, I guess. You know, in a way, he, he actually yeah. had, he, he had uh, a decent time over there in, in Arizona for a brief minute. Um, but, uh, you know, kind of kind of a lackluster thing after that 2,000-yard season. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of uh, um, um, Jamal Lewis. Yeah, or Peyton Hillis. Or Peyton, well, Jamal Lewis broke 2,000 oh, with, yeah. um, with Baltimore there, and then he fizzled out too. Mm-hmm. That's usually how it goes. Yep. He went, he went to Cleveland on a big lucrative deal and then just went down the hill. Yep, that's it. Um, Before you get to Bell there, I kind of want to go back to uh, Adrian Peterson. Oh, boy. Um, talk about Redskins running backs. Um, Giving everything's happened this year, Um, I, I, I want to kind of make a prediction here. Um, Is Adrian Peterson with the team in the starter next season? I think he's not only I, – I think he's going to be with the team. I think he's going to be a starter. But I, I don't think Adrian Peterson's going to have the type of production that he's having. If Adrian Pe- – and a lot of this falls on whether or not Adrian Peterson wants to stick around. You know, he's 33 years yeah. old. I think he's excited to play ball. But at the same time, I think Adrian Peterson might be realizing, yeah, my time's almost up. I think I think it could be good because I'm not sure if, if you're if you're getting at where I'm taking this conversation, but uh, I think it could be good for him to be scrum one more year because uh, I'll give you a hint: who's gonna be back on the board next season? Darius Geis will be back on the board. Um, because I and I and Geis getting get, having the uh, IR trip uh, is, was a big reason of why AP got brought to the team to begin with. Yes, uh, but I think Geis could definitely benefit given that he's missed a year. Having Adrian Peterson there to learn off of could be a very big thing for him. Yep, and Darius Geis is a receiving back, too. He's he's really something special. So I, I'm kind of excited to see what happens with Darius Geis. Um, I like the guy a lot. Uh, he could wind up being, you know, a, a great runner. He could wind up being a bust. So far, he's been a bust, and Adrian Peterson has had to kind of pick up the pieces for for uh, Washington there. Um, Peterson could be the running back next year. He could be their starting guy, and and if I'm Darius Geis, that makes me number one kind of excited, and then number one and number two kind of nervous because I don't want Adrian Peterson taking my job. But in the long run, AP is not going to play another five years. Well, you never really. I mean, um, he's 33 years old, 34. Somebody that 38. I. That's yeah. That's you, like danger zone territory for a back. I don't, I don't think he'll still be there, but I think Frank Geis should take advantage of the ring court. How old is giving? I think he's 35, 36. Oh, yeah. I don't think think he's 38. No, no. I don't think he's 38. I think he's 35, 36. Gore's been around. He's getting up there, man. I know you don't like him, but but the guy's been around and he's put up numbers. He's put up all right numbers. He's he's about to be top four of all time. Uh, He's put up all right numbers. He's been there for, you know, two decades almost. (laughs) Probably pretty close. Yeah. I I can't can't type. He's one of the oldest players in the league, isn't he? 35. He's 35 years old. So, I mean, he's got some time. That's still kind of danger territory for him. Yeah. So, um, now let's talk running backs because we we were just getting into it. it. Uh, I feel like we do this every week. And we kind of already talked about it when we were talking about uh, Connor earlier. So, I don't... Yeah, but we, we, we do have to talk about him a little bit here. Um... So Le'Veon Bell, uh, it's like I said, we're we're doing this this crap every week with this guy. Um, he goes out and he he puts up a a tweet, and I'm I'm trying to get the exact quote here, so you have to. But um, you know, it puts up kind of I. He's like Donald Trump. He he just loves Twitter. The the man loves Twitter. Um, and and. Uh, 
I, I, I don't, I don't know. I mean, he, he uh, Le'Veon Bell put, um, tweets, "Don't judge me." Yeah, don't, don't judge me was was his big one. Um, and and I mean, we're we're judging you. We've been judging you, um, and I'm going to keep judging you because uh, you're you're kind of being a jerk, bro. <laughs> Yeah. So I I I blame Le'Veon Bell. If Le'Veon Bell has has a problem uh, uh, with how people are judging him, maybe he should just shut up and play ball. I mean, am I wrong? And he, and he posts this upside down cryptic tweet, and and I mean, I'll, I'll read it. It 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 says just about everybody has an opinion on my life and is worried about what I'm doing, don't judge me off my decision because maybe this isn't what you do, Mo but most people don't take the time to simply read between the lines, and that's clearly on them. I'm not going to apologize for what I believe is right for my family, myself, and the rest of my peers, period. Also, if you're really finding the time to figure out what I'm saying, you've just proved my point. We're judging you because you're an idiot. We're judging you because you didn't show up to play ball. We're judging you because you're being a big baby. We're judging you because you could be, you, you should have just played out your contract. I mean, what's wrong with $15 million? Nothing. I, what's wrong with $15 million? Somebody, you want to give me, I'll tell you what, Le'Veon, you go to the Steelers and, and you play the, you sit there on the sidelines, sign your tender, sit on the sidelines. And you know what? If you're not that concerned about $15 million, fine. Don't play to at least get the money and just go ahead and hand it to me. I could use the money. I could use a $15,000 deal. Million. Fifteen, yeah, million dollar deal. Sorry. I, I mean, shit, I could use $15,000. I mean, but that's bad. Yeah, I, 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 I could see why he wouldn't want to play for $15,000. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but $15 million, I mean, really? I mean, $15 million, I mean, really? Really? Come on, man. It's mind-boggling. Just, just show up and play. And and you see these holdouts all the time. Um, they never pan out. Yeah, and, and you know, you, you see, uh, uh, last time we saw one like that was Vincent Jackson. Vincent Jackson held out. He, he didn't show up till week 10. He shows up in week 10. You know, he got on the field, didn't do squat for six games, didn't really care, didn't care to play. You know, he was just so whatever. And then he went and left the team, left San Diego, got re-signed or got signed by Tampa Bay and was over there before his retirement. Vincent Jackson, great player. He was. He was a great player. Yes, he was. Um, but, you know, Le'Veon, he needs to, to just cool it. He needs to quit being a phony. And he needs to get out there on the field and play ball like he's supposed to. Shut up and play ball. Yeah, but the Sears don't eat him. Yeah. Yeah. Now now James Connors turned up. Now you've you've and, and something interesting about Le'Veon is that he's kind of exposed himself. You know, really. Because James Conner came out and has been firing on all cylinders, and people are going to be questioning whether or not the offensive line was the reason that Le'Veon Bell did everything he did. That, that that that's a fair thing for people to look at too. It's 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 a question. Yeah, there's a lot of questions there. Um, so uh, there's the more Le'Veon Bell nonsense uh, going on. We're gonna see if he shows up in the next couple of weeks. That's gonna be a story in itself. We've been talking about this guy all season. Um, him and his moronic holdout. 
Um, I can't wait till it's over. Honestly, I just can't. Um, and we had a couple of releases uh, come up this week. Uh, Caleb Sturgis uh, released after three botched kicks this past week. Um, I, I like Caleb Sturgis. Um, I'm not sure. Uh, you know, I, I always hear about the kicking woes in um, in in San Diego or LA or the Chargers. They, they haven't or had a, a consistent kicker since Nate Keating. Yeah, I. You know, and Keating was Keating was great. Keating Keating was great. Uh, I'll I'll give it to him, but the I don't think Caleb Sturgis is a bad kicker. Uh, no, I, I agree. I don't think he's a bad kicker. I'm I'm just maybe I'm just a little confused by by this whole thing, um, but I don't think Caleb Sturgis is bad. Um, he was nine for thirteen, which is not bad for the season. Uh, 69% technically. Well, it was a knee-jerk reaction for missing three yeah, in one game. I, I, I mean, I get that you want accurate kicking, but, I mean, Caleb Sturgis is a good kicker. And apparently, my from what everybody gathered, uh, Caleb Sturgis was receiving death glares from uh, Phillip Rivers and, you know, it, it, and got wound up getting cut. Um, it's... It's kind of a humorous thing. It says Victory Monday has added meaning this week for the uh, LA quarterback Philip Rivers as the team released kicker Caleb Sturgis, according to Adam Schefter. Um, I, I don't, I don't know. Uh, you, you saw, you saw. I mean, on the sidelines, Rivers. I mean, look at this video. Look at, look at this look. Um, from from uh, Philip Rivers just looks infuriated by by Caleb Sturgis. Um, how much of this was Rivers? Uh, I think a lot. This is Rivers' team. If he doesn't want you there. You're you're going to be gone. Yeah, yeah. I think that's that's a, a big thing. Um, so I, I mean, Philip Rivers. I I. I, I've seen Philip Rivers mad, but I don't think I've seen him like like visibly annoyed by somebody who who honestly would be really good pals with him. Yeah, Caleb Sturgis. Um, I, I don't think this was a smart move by them. Um, I don't know who the uh, Michael Badgley. Michael Badgley is is the guy they've picked up. Um, Career three for three. Really? That's 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 who we've we've decided to pick up over yeah. there. Is, and, and seven for seven extra points. I don't get it. I don't get it. This is the second time a team has done that. <laughs> second time a team has done that. Here, you know, you missed three. I'm gonna, I'm gonna fire you, and I'm gonna go pick up somebody unproven. Like at least the Vikings went out and picked up Bailey. I mean, really? Yeah. Doesn't make any sense. Uh, another release went on. Um, Jermaine Whitehead was ejected. For slapping uh, the Patriots center David Andrews in the face, um, he got released after the game. Probably one of the most stupid things I've ever watched um, was was that nonsense going on. Um, someone explain it to me. People be stupid. You're 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 in the National Football League. <clears throat> you're with a team that honestly, you know, upholds this whole respect thing and this self-respect and this dignity thing and this putting on a good face thing. Why would you do that? I don't get it. In any case, Packers release him. 
Uh, not a huge loss for him. They saved some cap space. And uh, last but not least, the big one, the big release, Cardinals release Sam Bradford. Wasted $20 million. Wasted 20 mil. Um, I don't understand how Sam Bradford continues to do it and getting signed for these big, stupid contracts that he has no business getting signed Just to. Just wait. He'll, be, he'll get a, a $22 million contract for, for a half a season by the Bills at the end of the year. Yeah, something stupid like that. I, I don't get it. Uh, Sam Bradford is just always getting these $10 million, $20 million, $15 million contracts just thrown at him for no reason at all. The guy can never stay healthy. He's never been healthy throughout his entire career. Uh, and, the, and the guy doesn't play good that good a ball. I mean, he had one good game last season against the Saints, came back off of injury, and sucked. And now they're going to sit there and go, oh, yeah, yeah, he's great. Let's sign him $20 million. Sam Bradford has earned... Almost $130 million. Oh, my God. Despite a record of 34, 48, and 1. Doesn't make any sense to me. Someone explain this to me. I don't get it. I don't get it. It's the most stupid thing in football. His his agent better be getting, like, all the love. Because his agent is, is a or genius. A star. I mean, he's, he's a genius. The man managed to get a crappy quarterback $130 million. Hey, Le'Veon, go call his agent. Right. I mean, shoot. What, what are we doing here? So uh, with that, we got our um, our season predictions coming up, our mid-season predictions. Um, so we're, we're going to see how much we've changed. Um, and <laughs> Tyler, it's uh, it's about to get ugly. Yeah. And, uh, you um, Going into this, um, you had the Jaguars versus the Vikings, and I had the Jaguars versus the Rams. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm going to go off on a safe bet that neither of us have the Jaguars in the Super Bowl in our mid-years. Here. No. And and um, we were wrong. And uh, this is one of those few times where you're going to say, I was, uh, you're going to hear me say, I was wrong. Um, just awful. Just, just awful. I, I'm, I'm almost, I'm thoroughly embarrassed by, by the things that we predicted at the beginning of the season. Um, uh, just bad. It's just bad. Yeah. So, uh, Tyler, we've got um, our midseason predictions. I'm gonna go ahead and start right here with the NFC North. Um, First and foremost, I, I've got the Steelers going 10-5-1. I, I, I got them 11-4-1. Uh, yeah, I got them taking the, the division there. Uh, the Bengals going 10-6, and, uh, and and they'll be the sixth seed. Um, the AFC, uh, and I got your, your Ravens at 8-8 eight and eight ending the season, and the Cleveland Browns going 2-13-1 to end the season. Um, over in the AFC South, um, I got... Oh, Ravens at, okay. at nine and seven with um squeaking out a sixer. Um, oh, that, that's uh, being bold and, and hoping they turn the season around is more of a hope. Yeah, um, I got <laughs> deep the, breath. I got the Bengals going eight and eight, and uh, I got the uh, Browns at four eleven and one. Wow. Um, South, I've got the Houston Texans going twelve and four. I uh, so you got them losing only one more game the rest of the year. Yes, I got them losing no more games the rest of the year, keeping wow. that six game trend going and ending at thirteen and three with the number three seed. It's bold, very it bold. Um, I got the Tennessee Titans going nine and seven. I got Tennessee Titans going third in the division at seven and nine. Wow, I got the Colts going eight and eight. I got the Colts going eight and eight, but seven. <laughs> and then I got the Jacksonville Jaguars going five and eleven. Oh, how the mighty have fallen! Yep, Colts are. Jaguars at six and eleven at the bottom of the division. You mean six and ten? 
Yeah, six and six ten. and ten. Okay, yeah, I was gonna say we don't play seventeen. Um, and I've got the Titans, Colts, and Jags all missing the playoffs. Same here. Yes. Um, the AFC East. I have the New England Patriots going thirteen and three. Um, what else is new? Uh, I also have them going thirteen and three as the number two seed. Yep, number two seed. Um, Miami Jets and Buffalo all miss the playoffs. Miami goes seven and nine. Jets go five and eleven. Buffalo goes two and fourteen. Miami at seven and nine, second division, third being the Jets at five and eleven, and the Bills at two and fourteen going last. Oh, wow, we hit it perfectly. Look at that. Look at that. We got the AFC East. Um, over in the NFC or the AFC West, rather, I've got the uh, Kansas City Chiefs going fifteen and one on the year. Um, the and they'll be the number one seed. Uh, you've got the number five seed will be the San Diego Chargers going thirteen and three, uh, and then you got Denver going six and ten, and Oakland going one and fifteen to end the season. I don't have them winning another game all year long. Wow. Yep. No, I got them going one so, and fifteen. Um, for the top two, they were, were shifted by one game each. Um, I have the Chiefs number one seed at fourteen and two, and the Chargers at five seed at twelve and four. Wow. Um, Denver, 3-13. and 13. Oof. Um, they trade away Demarius. I think the season's just going to spire out for them. Um, and bottom of the division, uh, the Raiders, 2-14. and 14. Jesus. That, we would have never been saying that two years ago. No. No. Um, as far as the NFC goes, uh, I've got the Green Bay Packers taking the division. The NFC North going to 10-5-1. The Vikings would be the number six seed at 10-5-1. Um, I, I feel like the Packers have, have scored more points than the Vikings, and, and I feel like that's where we're going to get. I also feel like the Packers are, are going to win more divisional games. Um, the Bears will go 9-7, and seven, barely missing the playoffs. I got the Lions going 5-11 and 11 on the year, um, and they'll be on the bottom of the division. So here's what I got. I got the Vikings winning the division, number three seed, 11-4-1. I got the Bears getting the sixth seed at 10-6. and six. Well, they, they can't be 10 and 6. The Bears can. No, they can't. They have a tie. The Bears don't. Oh, I'm sorry. The Bears. I'm sorry. I'm thinking the Pack. Sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. Packers are just missing the playoffs going 9, 6, and 1. Wow. And the Lions bomb the division at 5 and 11. Jeez, oh, Pete. You ready for something scarier? Yeah. NFC South. I have the New Orleans Saints going 15 and 1. Wow. I've got the Carolina Panthers going 12 and 4. Um, both those teams will make the playoffs. The number seven seed, the one that just misses the playoffs, the Atlanta Falcons going nine and seven. Um, and the Buccaneers go five and 11. Uh, Falcons and Bucks miss the playoffs. Saints, number two seed, 14 and two. Panthers, number five seed at 13 and three. Falcons, eight and eight. And the Bucks at four and 12. Wow. And um, so we're actually pretty close to yeah, each other. Yeah, not too here. bad. Um, in the NFC East, I've got the um, Washington Redskins going eleven and five. They're going to take the division. They'll be the number three seed. Uh, number the second place will be the Eagles nine and seven. Uh, they'll miss the playoffs. The Dallas Cowboys will and the New York Giants will also miss the playoffs. Cowboys go four and twelve. Giants one and fifteen. Wow. Yeah. We're a, bit, we're a bit off here. Oh, really? Um, Redskins go 11 and 5, 4 seed, take the division. Mm-hmm. Um, Eagles go 8 and 8, miss the playoffs. We're, we're close there. Yep. We got the Giants um, actually having a 
second half resurgence. Oh God! At five and eleven, come they're on, gonna win, no. they're going to win four games. You think they're going to have a re- that big of a resurgence? <laughs> we'll wow. see. Wow. Um, just wait for the playoff predictions here. Oh jeez. Um, in Dallas at the bottom of the division at four and twelve. Yeah. Yep. Now the NFC West, last but not least, I've got the Rams going fourteen and two. Landslide. Fourteen and two. Um, I, I I believe that there's only one other game that they can lose, and that's against Kansas City Chiefs. Um, Potentially the Bears too. Yeah, but, um, I, I, it's but I, I agree that the Chiefs is the obvious harder matchup. Yeah. Um. So they'll be number two, the number two seed. Um. I've got the Seahawks, 49ers, and Cardinals all missing the playoffs. Uh, Seahawks go seven and nine. San Francisco goes four and twelve. Arizona goes three and thirteen. Got the Rams, the number one seed, fifteen and one. I actually have them beating the Chiefs. Wow. Um, I got the Seattle Seahawks seven and nine, the Cardinals three and thirteen, and the Niners also three and thirteen. Well, you see, you know, that's weird that you got the Niners. I, I don't think the Niners are actually above the Cardinals at this point. I, I I'm not I'm not drinking the Mullins Kool Aid yet. Not yet, huh? Um, I'm not drinking that Kool Aid. I have still have them going four and twelve. But I mean, at the end of the year, I th- I don't think Josh Rosen's going to be better than Nick Mullins at this point. Um, now, playoff wise, playoffs, playoffs, um, playoff wise, I so I I had the Chargers, the Steelers going in the first round of the, the as the number five and four seed there, uh, Chargers and Steelers. I got. Steelers beating, or I'm sorry, Chargers beating the Steelers. I also have the Chargers at the Steelers. And I have <laughs> the Chargers winning that game. Okay. Now, I also have Bengals and Texans. And See, I, this is our difference because I flip-flopped in the, in the north. I have, Beng, I have uh, Ravens and Texans with the Texans mm, victory. Gotcha. I've got Bengals and Texans, and I've got the Bengals getting W. Mm, I don't I agree with that. And, okay. and and so the Bengals move on to the second round to take on the Chiefs. How about the NFC side? NFC side, I've got the Carolina Panthers against the Green Bay Packers. I believe the Panthers take that game and move up. And uh, I've got the Minnesota Vikings as the number six seed taking on the Washington Redskins. And I think that the Vikings take that win and move on to take on the dreaded New Orleans Saints. I got the pack. Oh, a nice little divisional round rematch. Oh boy! Oh wow! Um, um. So I got Panthers at Redskins with the Panthers taking the victory, mm-hmm. and then I had the Bears at the Vikings with the Vikings getting the victory there. Gotcha. So I believe we have the same two teams advancing out of that, just uh, different different sides. Yeah, Panthers and Vikings moving on. Yep. Yeah. Now uh, in the divisional round, I've got the the New England Patriots taking on the San Diego Chargers, and I've got the Chargers advancing. Um, the number two versus number five seeds. Um, I've got the Kansas City Chiefs as the number one seed taking on the Cincinnati Bengals. I think the Chiefs are advancing right there. So in the AFC Championship game, you will see the San Diego Chargers versus the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, In the divisional round on the NFC side, I've got the Rams and the Panthers. Uh, Rams are the number two seed. Panthers are number five. I got the Rams moving on. And I've got the Vikings taking on the number one seed, New Orleans Saints. I've got the Saints moving on, so you're going to have a Rams versus Saints NFC Championship. I, I hope I hope that game ends with like a pass to like Stefan Diggs in the last minute, Hill Mary, and it, <laughs> and, it, and it goes the way it should. Um, what's his name makes the tackle this time? No, I no no. You see, I I hope that the Minnesota Miracle. I hope I hope it repeats itself. Well, hopefully, it doesn't come to that point. It's just not not you don't need a freak. 
final play. But I, I cried tears of joy when it did happen. So, and, and Amanda, my, my girlfriend, can attest to that. <laughs> I was so happy. And then there was the Eagles. Yes, and then there was Philadelphia. Um, so I, so I could be a, a victim of drinking the John Gruden Kool Aid uh, and losing my mind. Uh, so I have the Houston Texans at the Patriots, with the Texans pulling off the upset on Tom Brady and the Patriots. Uh, uh, gosh. Then I have Chargers at the Chiefs, with the Chargers pulling one over. The veteran quarterback takes advantage and beats the Chiefs. The Chargers move on. Ugh. You have the Chargers moving on, too. I, see, I have them moving on, but at least I have them all going to the, the AFC Championship game. If you think, and I'm going to stop you there, if you think that the Houston Texans are going to run the table, which that's what you're predicting right now. You're predicting that the Houston Texans run the table on the AFC for the rest of the season. Yes. Sport, you scrolled my AFC championship. Thanks. Oh, I'm sorry. But you got them running the table? I didn't spoil your AFC championship game. I just said you got them running the table? I do. Oh, gosh. Um, you, nice you've got them. You've I got, do have the, the, the Texans getting the home field advantage against the Chargers because the Chargers will be a wild card team. The Texans beat the Chargers at home oh, my and advanced to the Super Bowl. Oh, my God. They could be the John Gruden Kool Aid. It could be that I'm drinking the Budweiser, and it could be the Hell's Freezing Over. Who knows? <sighs> but on the NFC side, I do have the Rams beating the Saints to advance to the Super Bowl. Mm, so I, my AFC Championship game, I've got the the Chargers and the Chiefs. I do have the Chargers advancing to the Super Bowl. Um, I've got the the uh, Rams and the Saints. I actually have the Saints. Defeating the Rams one and more time. That very well could happen. And Saints looked really, really good. Yep. And and uh, Super Bowl wise, you got the number five seed San Diego Chargers. You got the New Orleans Saints. Last time Chargers were in a Super Bowl was Super Bowl twenty nine against the San Francisco 49ers, which I watched with my dad while eating nachos. Um, I remember that day very well. Um, that was Steve Young's last Super Bowl appearance. Yep. And and his only Super Bowl appearance. And uh, Steve Young wound up winning that Super Bowl. The Chargers are going to have the same trouble here. Chargers are going to come in. They're going to go against New Orleans. Uh, Drew Brees is going to wind up being a monster. He's the number one seed. Drew Brees is going to be the Steve Young uh, of this team, and he's going to pull out that win, and you will see the New Orleans Saints. That's what you get for trading me, fool. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Drew Brees wins the Super Bowl, goes on, and uh, the Saints get their their Super Bowl victory um, with their last two years with Drew Brees. So in my Super Bowl, in oh, my what? weird dream world of, of a playoff bracket. Where you have the Houston Texans running the board. But you know they're looking really good right now. You I can't deny that. I don't care if they're looking. They're not going to run the board. They're, they're looking just as good as you, the Chargers. You've got them go, winning eight straight and then going, basically winning ten straight and going to the Super Bowl. They're look, They're just as good as the Chargers. Uh, right anyway, gosh. I have the Houston Texans for the AFC and the Rams in the NFC. I think you're too in love with Demarius Thomas. I think that's the no. biggest problem. I think you think Demarius well, Thomas is going to be different. Let's not forget, you predicted um, um, Watson um, could very well win MVP this year. And, and, and you it's know not going to happen. It's but, not going to happen, but he's starting to come alive. Oh, yeah, and, that, and, that's why I'm, and, and that's why I'm jumping on the bandwagon right now. They're coming alive at the right time. Oh, jeez. So, I mean, they only put up 19 points against Denver. A good week. Denver defense. Hang on. The Denver defense is ranked very low so far this year. I think you're wrong. I will look that up. You continue, though. But anyway, so I have the Texans and the Rams, and I have the Texans 
getting stomped oh, by God. the Rams. Thank God. My eyes <laughs> got really big. There. I'm keeping my my preseason prediction. I'm going with the Rams to go all the way. I think uh, the game against the Saints humanized them a bit. I believe that they get the job done. Eh, yeah. Yeah, I could see that. So I am scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. The Denver Broncos defense ranks 20th. This year. Okay. So they put up 19 points against the 20th ranked Denver Broncos defense. Um, just throwing that out there. Um, and and let's see here. Through the air, the Denver Broncos uh, are ranked ninth through the air. So and, 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 the, and the Texans are a passing team, so that, that'd be why they were able to uh... – Keep the scoring down. Denver Broncos ranked 27th against the run. And they shut down the run this week. Yes. So, um, interesting situation. Do I really think the Houston Texans <laughs> are going to run the table and go 10 straight? If, if they go 10 straight, I owe you a sixer. I'm just saying we've seen crazier things happen. No, I'll, I'll go, uh, if, I, if they win 10 straight and go to the Super Bowl, I, I give you a, a new bottle of Johnny Walker Black. <laughs> I do. Oh, my gosh. You must be outside your mind. Um, and and with that, we got one more thing going on, folks. Um, it is our time for our NFL. Uh, was it week nine? We week, week nine? 10. Week ten? Week ten predictions? Ow! It's already week ten. I know it's a little sad. Crazy. It's insane. Um, our week ten predictions. Are you ready, Tyler? Yeah. All right. Let's party. Um, let's pickle. Let's pickle. That's that one's for you, Jordan. Um, so NFL scores. Here we go. Uh, we got the Panthers and the Steelers. And just to note the time here, it is six forty-one. Yep. On so Thursday. We're, so we're, we're we're early. We're so. early. We're still two hours early. Panthers and the Steelers at tonight at eight twenty. What do we got, Tyler? I'm taking the Panthers. I think the Panthers are hot right now. Yeah, I think they're they're pretty hot. I'm going to go ahead and go with the Panthers as well. Um, I don't think they have an answer for the Panthers, and, and their defense is too damn good. Uh, Sunday at 1 o'clock, you got the Redskins and the Bucks. I'm going with the Skins on this I'm one. going the Redskins as well. All right. That defense is going to come back alive. <laughs> and our blowout of the week, uh, the Chiefs take on the Cardinals. Um, Chiefs all day. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you'd be out of your mind. You'd be out of your mind as me picking the Texas Bills. Right. Chiefs uh, on this one. Now, our toilet bowl of the week, Bills and the Jets, um, just, yeah, it's a dumpster yeah, fire. See, this is one where I'm just going to go to home. <laughs> just yes. going Jets. Um, I'm going to have to go with the Jets as well. Bills don't have anything at quarterback. Um, the Jags and the Colts. Um, I'm going Colts. Colts. Yeah, I'm going Colts. <laughs> I don't trust the Jaguars. I, I never thought I would say that. I'm going Colts. Because um, Lux actually having himself a good year right now. Yes, yes. A lot of blowout games this week. Uh, upcoming the Lions and the Bears at 1 o'clock. I'm going Bears. I'm going Bears, too. I think Bears are still hot right now. You have to. Uh, Saints. Here's a decent one. Saints and Bengals. I'm going Saints. This could be a good game, but I think Saints are going to just uh, steamroll Bengals. Yeah, I think that's going to be a beating. Um, you got the Patriots and the Titans. I'm going with the Pats. Kind of a tough one, but I'm going with the Pats. I don't know. Titans are kind of starting to fizzle a little bit. I'm, I'm going Patriots. There you go. Um, you got the Falcons and the Browns. I'm going Falcons on this one after the hot performance. Yeah, um, a few weeks ago when Browns kind of seemingly were having a decent start, they started to fizzle a little bit. I mean, a few weeks ago, I might have considered picking the Browns here. Yeah. But I'm, I'm going Falcons. Yeah. 
Um, probably an, is another blowout right here. The Chargers and the Raiders. I'm going Chargers. Yada. <laughs> they have easy choice. Especially yeah. looking at our predictions, you have the Raiders not winning a game. Yep. I have them winning one more, and, and, and you have the Chargers in the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. Yes. You got Chargers. Um, next up, you got Seahawks and Rams. I'm going Rams. Got to go Rams there. The Seahawks be... did give them a run for their money in their last game, but I think the Rams, the Rams are, are going to be pissed after the Rams that are home. Game. The Rams are ready. I'm going to Rams. Yep. Um, next up, we got the Dolphins and the Packers. Pack. Oh, yeah, I'm going with the Pack. Got to. Um, I think Aaron Rodgers is going to have a field day. Uh, kind of a tough one here. Eagles and the Cowboys. Um, I'm going to go Eagles. I'm going to go with the Cowboys this time around. I'll give them a shot. I, I'll go with the Cowboys. I, I'm going to hope that they're going to come out firing. And last but not least, um, the, this is a another toilet bowl game, the NFC side toilet bowl game. You get the Giants and the Niners. See, this is what, this is what I mean. I, and I'm not saying the resurgence, but the, they play such horrid teams that I, this is where I think the Giants can start getting some wins. I'm going Giants. I'm going to go with the Niners. I think Nick Mullins comes out and starts firing again. Not jumping the bandwagon yet. No, you don't have to, but I'm going to go with the Niners. And uh, with that, Tyler, we're done for the day. And what, what is our current standings? Um, going into this week, I'm 87-45-2, and you are 78-54-2. So I'm down, down by nine. nine. Yep, down by nine. You gotta, you gotta pick them right though. I mean, this this week is filled with um, easy apparently easy ones. You don't yeah. want to pick any some radical ones. Always gonna be like 15. Mm -hmm. oh. Right. I think the most radical one I, I chose was was the Cowboys over the Eagles. Um, so with that, ladies and gentlemen, that is our show. Uh, we got uh, Thursday night football coming up here in a little while, so I'm gonna be watching that one um, while I'm at the gym. Um, just want to give a quick shout out to uh, It's Your Time Massage. Uh, our tremendous sponsor, Amanda Yetaw, the outstanding massage therapist. Um, check her out at IYTMassage.com. Uh, schedule your appointment on Facebook. You can check her out at It's Your Time Massage on Facebook. Um, and, and get yourself a, a, a tremendous massage. She does deep tissue. She does Swedish. She's fantastic. And, uh, man, I'll tell you what. I've uh, Being a wrestler, getting one of those, I was able to stand up straight for the first time in a long time. So definitely something special. Um, also, a special thanks to our executive producer, Jordan J. Scavone. Jordan, thank you so much for uh, everything that you do. Um, big shout out. Check out Jordan's books, The Mud Princess and Be My Tea. Uh, check out those, those children's books. Um, absolutely awesome books. My kids love them, and uh, I'm sure your kids will too. Uh, so check them out. Jordan's a tremendous author uh, and, and does a fantastic job. Um, and with that, Tyler, we're good to go, man. Yeah, we're, we're um, set. Nineteen episodes in. Yeah, nineteen episodes in. tomorrow. Next next week is episode twenty. Tyler, time flies. Time flies. We've been doing this for twenty weeks. Twenty weeks, Tyler. Starting to get starting to get up there. Man. Yeah, just flying, man. I know. We're awesome. Seems like it, just after we finish one, all of a sudden, wham, bam! It's next week already. We're doing another one. Yeah. So, um. Thank you so much for listening, folks. We will see you uh, next week right here on the Outside Blitz. Join us soon on the Outside Blitz. And be sure to follow on Facebook at facebook.com backslash the Outside Blitz. And feel free to email us questions at theoutsideblitz at gmail.com.